0: Hello everyone, and thanks for coming back to World Forge. World Forge is a podcast by creators and for creators, where we use random prompts to invent just about anything you can imagine. Together, we'll make heroes and villains, ancient monsters and magical cities, and our hope is that we can inspire all the other creators and storytellers out there listening to do the same. So without any further ado, I'm Piper. And I'm Sam. And welcome to World Forge.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Wow! Whoa, episode one hundred of World Forge. Whoa, whoa, oh my, my gosh. gosh, we whoa. did it! Uh, I I cannot believe, honestly. Like, I really am kind of shocked <laughs> that that we're this this far in. This is pretty cool. Yeah, um,
0: Sam, what did you think of the one hundred carnations that I sent? Uh, you?
1: I thought they were. I thought they were wonderful. What did you think of the one hundred uh, chocolate? Uh, dinosaurs that I sent you.
0: Uh, well, I still have a tummy ache from eating okay. 50 of them, uh, <laughs> but they were quite tasty and surprisingly they didn't melt in this horrible heat. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for those chocolate dinos.
1: You're welcome. We're finding all kinds of fun ways to celebrate. And uh, actually, we're very excited for you guys uh, to to make a little appearance here to find all the ways that you are going to help us celebrate this week. Because this week we have some very, very exciting... Uh, a, a a, a, a slew of listener prompts here. I don't know what I was... <laughs> I'm tripping all of my words. I'm so excited. And He's so up in the excited.
0: Moment. He can hardly yeah, get them out.
1: Exactly. Um, I, I'm so excited to hear all of the prompts uh, and questions that you guys sent in for us. This is going to be I think a really, really fun episode. We're going to get to go all over the board with this one. Um, I We have no idea what we're going to be creating this week, actually. It's
0: going to be a real Pandora's box of surprises. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be really <laughs> exciting to hear your voices and to talk with you guys. Absolutely. So thank you in advance to everyone who sent in a prompt. Yes. Uh, we can't wait to start this lovely conversation. For sure. And thank you
1: everyone just in general who has listened to the show and supported us and given us all of your incredibly kind uh, and generous feedback over these last like what like 2 years or something like that it's yeah. been yeah yeah i know it, it yeah it's just <laughs> it's really really nice that you know we have such a great community of of you guys of listeners and of all of our wonderful guests and friends that we've met through the podcast and it just really means a lot to us that you know, we have this sort of like family that we've built up around around World Forge, and I I, yeah. I think that's really wonderful. So
0: thanks, guys. We haven't even give you given you a annoying fan name yet. Yeah, exactly. Like or the, the annoying, forgers or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the or Forge annoying, family.
1: Annoying sound effects, uh, which we actually one of the one of the big changes here at episode one hundred is that now <laughs> we've got some new uh, exciting technology that we can bring to bear here. <laughs> Yeah, look at that. Look how exciting that is. <laughs>
0: now we can do with your ears with uh, annoying little clips from the internet.
1: Exactly. Uh, You're there's, welcome. There's all kinds of wonderful little little tricks that we've got up our sleeves now. Oh, but, boy. Uh, Wait,
0: give me the cheer. That's the, the cheer- one I'm excited oh, about. Oh, the cheer? Yeah. The,
1: the little kid cheer? Oh, no, that's Nope, the,
0: that's a big horn. Ch- we're still figuring out the soundboard, yep. folks. Here we go. Nope. That wasn't a- Oh, yeah, that's it. Yay! <laughs> I like pretending I've got an audience full of kids uh, ready to be tormented uh, and seeking therapy after watching our 100th episode.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we're going to try not to abuse this uh, soundboard <laughs> here, but I can't make any promises. <laughs> there's, some, there's some good ones in here. So, uh, you know, we've also got some updates on our current D&D game here. We had a pretty fun session oh. recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we're still hard at it with our evil necromancer campaign. And I actually think this past session was really exciting because um, I it all kind of came totally out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had talked about a few weeks ago, I think, that uh, basically my character had made a pact with this god of death that um, the kind of the, the deal they made was he had to, in 100 years' time, before that went up, he had to draw a card from the deck of many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were kind of thinking this would be like our next big adventure, going to go find it. But the town that we were in... In uh,
0: the capital the, city.
1: Yeah, the capital city. Um, <laughs> they just happened to have one there in the vault. Also, well, uh,
0: my, my wife... <laughs> yeah, your wife. Uh, she saw you reading in the library. She's like, oh... I have, the, yeah, we, I have the deck. <laughs> we got one of those. We've got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> I told them we already got one.
1: So, yeah, we uh, we went into the vault and I, you know, there was like a little test that we had administered that my character passed. Yeah. Uh, by with... saying
0: that he would kill everyone twice. Yes, and exactly. And the guy was like, sweet, doubling down, you deserve to draw a card.
1: <laughs> I actually thought it was cool. Yeah. He basically said, you know, hypothetically, imagine you are you have your own kingdom you're the ruler of this land and there's a horrible famine what do you do and i and i said you know in in my character's head i i thought the solution he would go for as a necromancer is let them all die and find a way to bring them back essentially (laughs) and then they can have a new life in undeath and he was like that's a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't work. I uh, have a bunch knowing, of angry
0: zombies yeah, on your hands. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so we kind of like, you know, lived out this little like vision of this. And then he said, okay, so knowing that this failed, what would your next choice be? And I said... I would do it again. I would know, <laughs> even knowing, you know, I, I think that my character has conviction that he could find a way to make that work. And he was basically just like, you know what? I respect that you would you're so tied to this idea that that you would make the same dumb mistake twice. So oh yeah, God. sure, go through and, go We're through and draw the card.
0: Reward that stupidity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're saying you've learned nothing. Well, go ahead. Good
1: Absolutely. job. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, we ended up I ended up getting to draw. Actually, I got to draw three three cards. Yeah, so um, the first card did
0: not explode.
1: Yeah, the first card that I drew, it just gave me basically like some experience and the knowledge that, you know, it it wouldn't outright kill me if I drew more cards. And I said, "Well, heck, I'm going to double down and draw some more cards." Well, okay, I I had to draw two more.
0: It didn't say he wouldn't outright kill you because you did draw the card of death. Well,
1: it said the act of drawing the card wouldn't cause my heart to explode. So it didn't make <laughs> any promises about the effects of the cards themselves. Just that, you know, there wouldn't be some kind of like, you know, forced feedback or something from from doing that. So, um, you know, I kind of feel that overconfidence is one of my characters, uh, one of Dr. Ricard Morvo's. Like fatal flaws. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, sure. I'll draw two more cards. I ended up having to fight an aspect of death and then enter into another pact with, uh, the same God of death. And he transformed me from a wizard into a warlock. So now we've got all kinds of my, you know, my character basically is kind of like re-rolled into a new, a new form, which I actually think is really exciting. Um, I don't know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that has an impact on the story and, and how that changes the way that people view me because I'm already not a super popular guy in the wider world.
0: Well, no, and now you are the champion of this god of death. And so instantly we were like, and we're going to get you out of the capital. Yeah, uh, exactly. Because my wife, my <laughs> wife, uh, the princess will definitely try and kill you if you stay here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So we
0: are fleeing back to the northern wastes <laughs> where we can once again pursue our our necromantic ideas. Yeah. Skills. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so. very exciting. Updates. I agree.
1: I think this is a nice sort of end of this arc where we, we kind of had a uh, Drakthar, my brother's character themed episode. Then we sort of had a uh, Philo Rossini themed mm-hmm. episode. And then now we had a... Uh, uh, Dr. Ricard Morvo-themed session. So I thought it was nice that we all got to have our own little time to shine. I think that was balanced really well.
0: Totally. Uh,
1: and, and yeah, now we're, we're back on the road, so.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so going back to our kind of like 100 episodes thing that we're
1: doing here. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, wait, did you say 100 episodes?
0: <laughs> I sure did. Gosh darn it. Uh, well, we were also saying that one thing before we jump into your beautiful prompts and questions yes. that it'd be fun if we also kind of did a little look back yeah. and say, hmm, what are some of our favorite things that we've created over the last 100 episodes? A World
1: Forge retrospective.
0: Yeah. Yes. I've got a few. Uh, do you want to share one of yours first or should I go? Uh,
1: why don't you go first? I'm okay. going to try and f- I- I'm going to see if there's like a bloom, 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 like memory sound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't want to really sit through you clicking a thousand <laughs> buttons. So I'm just going to jump in and say, um, I think one of my favorite characters that I ever Created, and I'm trying to think of what the theme was, but I believe we gave her the kind of moniker of the Iron Witch.
1: Yes, that was one and of the ones that I want to talk about, the Coal Witch. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. No,
0: I loved her. She was this really epic, uh, like airship captain. Yes. Um, and I wanted her to be very kind of scary and militaristic. Um, I believe she had like an eye patch, and uh, she was just kind of grisly. Well, but she
1: had, um, she had like basically like coal dust was like permanently like smeared across her face i think so she had these kind of like black
0: yeah kind of eyes yeah there was this kind of like dark magic because the ship that she is piloting uh she was like bound to the ship but also so is her daughter Yeah, and that was the thing that i thought was really fun is that she's kind of this really scary looking villainous character Yeah, but on board her ship she has this little daughter who's like loves princess things and like has she gives her everything that she wants and that's like her treasure and she has to that little girl somehow was cursed that she couldn't leave the vessel. Yeah. So um, this woman needs to constantly like be moving her ship around and keep it like making sure it doesn't get hurt because her her daughter can't leave. Yeah. Uh, And I just thought she was so cool and scary and I love giving my villains hearts of gold and (laughs) having them love their family. So I really loved her. I believe I called her the Iron Witch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually we just had that air as a rerun episode a few weeks back. The Reign of the Iron Witch was the name of the episode.
0: Dude, I loved her. I need to go back and listen to that one. I
1: thought that was a fun one. I think that's on the docket of characters that I would love to revisit for you know, an upcoming, maybe, maybe like a little short side episode or something like that we could do. I think that'd be fun.
0: That'd be very cool. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. I I love that one. That was on my short list as well of characters I wanted to talk about, but I kind of thought you would pick that one. So Mm -hmm. I I grabbed a a couple different ones. The first one that I wanted to talk to talk about was uh, the man who is just snakes. Yes. Uh, I love the man who's just snakes. (laughs) I think this was from one of our episodes where we were creating locations based on, places that we had we had actually really been
0: yeah and that was the badlands area yes exactly
1: and so we had talked about how you know what if the badlands which is this um you know the the badlands in south dakota it's it's basically this big like scar in the earth essentially is what it looks like and we kind of talked about well in a fantasy setting, how would that scar get there? Maybe it's like a giant snake that slithered through this earth and left a bunch canyons. of, yeah, kind of canyons in its wake. And, you know, now there's these sort of acolytes, these worshippers of this ancient snake god. And one of those may be a, you know, this supremely old, supremely devoted follower that is essentially just a robe with a bunch of writhing snakes underneath it. Yeah. Uh, and
0: I yeah. think what the one of the visuals that really stood out to me about that creation was that there's a skeleton underneath all of the snakes? Yes, uh, yes. And so when you see him from a distance, it kind of looks like almost like he's a living mirage because yeah. his skin is just constantly moving. Yeah. because it's snakes just slithering over his bones. But I loved the idea. I think we said that if at a moment in like combat, if you like have a sword or something and you slice at him, the snakes would part and you would view like his rib cage yeah. your and you're like, whoa, it's just a skeleton under there. Like
1: <laughs> The snakes would part. Yeah. yeah. Like
0: the Red Sea. Exactly. <laughs> and I just thought, oh yeah, no, that's a great choice. I like it a lot. He's a very cool guy.
1: I you know I'm also picturing for for whatever reason I'm picturing in my head like you know in a in a in a video game where sometimes different assets have different like draw distances right so if you move like further away stuff will pop in and out of screen sure I, I'm imagining the snakes have a different draw distance than his skeleton so if you're like if you move too far away you're like oh what's that skeleton over there and as you take a step forward the snakes all just pop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, that was something we were saying actually when we were just back in the Black Hills that uh if we when the time comes when we kind of re-explore our fantasy western setting that we developed, yeah. Um that this guy would be a member of the kind of skelly society Absolutely. of like living skeleton people. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love so, that. That was cool. actually one of the other ones I wanted to talk about, was the Skelly people. So skelly that's a people. that's a perfect uh kind of connection there to make, because that was exactly what I was thinking is, you know, we have all of these creations that have all been in these kind of totally distinct like separate worlds, right? Um, and I think it would be really fun to kind of like, I think for our 50th episode, we did this where we had this kind of confluence of, of the spheres, right? Where all of our characters were kind of thrown together into one universe, like mm. a, you know, like a crisis on infinite earths kind of style thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I, I really like the idea of revisiting that character and pairing him up with some of the other creations that are kind of thematically similar to that. Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um my second one that I have written down is the Haunted House episode. Still of one of my number one favorites. <laughs> and I think the thing that I loved so much about it, I'm personally a little obsessed with the way that we started the story of the haunted house because with that one we we like created a a a wheel that had a bunch of different rooms that Mm -hmm. might exist Mm -hmm. in a classic mansion and we spun the wheel and every time we got a room we had to tell a tale of like one horrible thing that happened there because this place has been cursed from the start and it's been around for like hundreds of years and everyone keeps coming into it and different horrible curses happen uh but i think what i loved so much I really wish I could like almost paint like the scene that I'm picturing, <laughs> but the way that we started, it was saying that there was this kind of, you know, eerie, almost like, um, uh, Puritan couple that like, yeah. you know, came across the sea and they're here in, you know, the new world. And I, I was drawing a lot of kind of Vavich imagery yeah. thinking of this, that they find this forest and like the native people there, they tell them they're like. Don't go into this forest. Yeah. You're not allowed here. And they don't. They ignore them. And they cut down these trees and they use those trees to build this like cursed home. Yeah. And from that moment on, everything just goes horrible.
1: I think we talked about how it wasn't just that it was built from wood. It was built from the corpses of trees. Right. Like, exactly. Putting, putting that perspective on it is like, well, no, like any other houses would you know would have been fine. But like these trees, there was something alive about them. There was mm-hmm. you know like it's haunted by it's the very thing that it's made up of. Yeah. I think is such an interesting concept and I, I thought that was fun exploring.
0: Dude, I loved that. And I loved too that we brought it all the way up to like the 70s when the house has then been abandoned for like many, yeah. many years yeah. and the awesome uh, lady that comes in and she ends up like breaking the curse by essentially just burning the house down. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I loved the idea that she had like, you know, this big 70s afro and like a cool buckskin jacket <laughs> with fringe and she's just like, you know, screw you, screw you, screw all you ghosts, yeah. I'm ending this curse Absolutely. and just sets the place on fire.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoyed that one too. I think that would be a really fun one for a one shot um, yeah. to, to have some kind of a, uh you know, have like one quick little puzzle or encounter in each room. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we could divide uh, uh, define a bunch of different rooms and then have them on cards or something like that and randomly lay them out. That'd As cool. we kind of move through, like Betrayal at House on the Hill style, sort yeah. of. Um, that might be a fun way to structure a short Halloween one-shot. Maybe that's something that will We'll work on for a future episode or a, yeah, a future knows? session of our own yeah
0: do you have any more faves or are we ready to jump I, into new stuff i
1: do actually um i wanted to quick mention the dream warden uh oh, yeah. which was a really really fun one uh did we I,
0: make that for Vale?
1: no so Vale ended up our, our friend holy cannoli on mm-hmm. twitter uh veil vale ended up using that one in one of his games and then he had some art commissioned of it i believe yeah um which yeah was super fun the kind of the idea being uh, basically there was kind of like a dream prison that, um, when you're in there, there's this kind of spectral ghostly demon like guy who he is, is a the warden. yeah, he rides a motorcycle <laughs> around. he's the warden of this prison essentially. And you can't escape from this nightmare. Kind of, there's a little bit of a Freddy Krueger aspect to him mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, and a little bit of like the, the warden from Shawshank Redemption. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought that was a really fun one. And I also wanted to just give... A a honorable mention here to our friends over at Dragon Wings. Um, I think it was Ian that came up with this one on their episode with us, Rita, Rita. the cybernetic goose. (laughs) cybernetic goose! Uh, (laughs) Which I just, I think about that probably more than any other creation that we've had on the show. I just think it's hilarious. I love that. (laughs) I I love Rita (laughs) as a name for a goose. I think is really, really good. It's very good. Uh, So yeah, I just wanted to give give a, a quick little little accolade <laughs> for, for that one as well awesome but yeah that's what i got um yeah
0: well you know what they say sam no more looking back only forward exactly so screw everything we've created before it's now garbage yes. and what, everything that comes next is pure gold
1: yes that's kind of how i feel about every episode so yeah. uh let's actually go ahead and jump into some of our some of our listener prompts here. Yeah, um, so, I can't wait. Yeah, just to kind of you know summarize for anybody who hasn't been following along the last couple episodes, heard us talking about this, or uh, you know on Twitter seen us talking about it. What we have done over the last couple weeks is we've asked you guys for you know ask me anything style questions, prompts for characters, places, uh, things, and we said we want you to send in audio clips. We won't listen to them ahead of time until we play them live for the first time on air, and we'll see what we can come up with based on all of these prompts. So it's going to be kind of a kind of a World Forge variety hour here. We're going to do a whole bunch of different things. We've got a, a good little pile of prompts that were sent in to us. So thank you, everyone, for sending those in. And I'm going to go ahead and just jump in. Um, do it. This first one is from our good friend Alex uh, on Twitter. That's at Alex Baum, uh, who is just such a lovely person in general. She does a lot of really cool, she's pretty big streaming and does a lot of really awesome charity work. I say, we uh, had the
0: delight of having her on a few episodes ago yes, when exactly. we made Animal Companions. And
1: she was kind of the, the source of this idea. We all kind of came up with this idea together. So I thought it was appropriate maybe to use one of her prompts first. She sent us in two. So here is the first one.
2: Hello, Piper. Hello, Sam. It is Alex Baum. And uh, I just want to say congratulations on 100 episodes because that Uh is a a very exciting feat to have overcome. Um, It's only (laughs) through your hard work and perseverance that you've gotten here. So congratulations. And I have thoroughly enjoyed listening along the way. My question for you guys, well, one of my questions, is who is your favorite NPC you have ever come across? And how would you implement them in the game that you are currently in, any game that you're currently in?
1: Well, that's... A, an interesting question, I Alex. like that a lot, um, yeah. And also, real quick, um, it is absolutely not a, our perseverance alone. Like, It is 100% <laughs> the support from, from all of our guests. Yes, uh, thank
0: you, Alex, for writing yeah. us and for your nice <laughs> words. We are now all bubbled with emotion and yeah. ready to answer.
1: Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. So favorite NPCs that we've ever encountered? Um,
0: My first question yeah. is, I guess... Are we allowed to say ones that we have we as DMs have created? I or would think so. Does it have to be ones that we have interacted with as players? I think you know what it's our
1: show, and yeah. uh, I want to <laughs> I want to <laughs> include stuff that we've created too because I feel like there's been a lot of really fun ones in games that you or I have ran together. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm right off the bat. Um, one of the ones that I've really enjoyed recently was in our Zoo Crew game, where mm-hmm. we had um, basically there was a th- this is this is her game where I play a frog. Uh, one I'm of a our vampire, people, yeah, Piper's a vampire. One of our other players plays a rat, mm-hmm. uh, and then we have this poor elf girl who is just the zookeeper who has to kind of keep us all in line. But
3: exactly,
1: <laughs> we went on an adventure. Uh, a, Uh, one of the last sessions we played in this, but this has been on kind of a hiatus with this one um, where the town had to, the, the, the party had to go to this town that could only be reached under moonlight. You had to get on a ship and sail across this bay under the light of a full moon. And that mm-hmm. was what basically the, the moonlight filled your sails. Uh, everyone kind of fell into a magical sleep when they woke up there in this town. And the town was on an island that had another island in the center of it. And on that center island, there was a, like a, a Medusa, a Gorgon, essentially, mm-hmm. that was a well-respected healer in this town and the the town had been turned against her by an outside interloper essentially one of the seven sons of Baphomet mm-hmm. who are kind of recurring villains in this campaign that we're running and uh, the town had taken the gorgon and they had tricked her and cut off her head and if her head stayed separated from her body for too long she would essentially just turn to stone permanently and never be able to be revived and she had a daughter that was working as her apprentice that was a she was there when her mother was was killed and the villagers blinded her because they felt that they didn't have it in them to kill a child, but they didn't want her to, you know, turn you into stones. So, yeah, like Jeez, these it got really dark. Right. But I really enjoyed getting to play as this this young girl because I thought it was a fun sort of twist on the, you know, the idea of like a Medusa being this evil, you know, kind of like snake witch lady that turns you into stone, but they were a healer. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was a really fun idea to explore. And I thought it was fun to sort of think about how this town was turned against someone that they had trusted for, you know, that had been there since before any of them were born. Right. It was basically this like immortal healer, this like spirit of healing energy that came and only wanted to help them, was just completely benevolent in every way. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought it was really fun to kind of get to play this sort of, this sort of tragic lost child that, um, you know, ended up getting her sight back when mm-hmm. her when her mother was healed. And then, you know, the kind of climax of that session was this huge fight where there was a, you know, a giant Medusa <laughs> sending a tornado of snakes at this, you know, this evil goat man, son of Baphomet, while there's a vampire that turned into a, do- uh, a bat, like, biting him in the neck and then a, a rat <laughs> that turned into a wolf biting him in the leg and then a frog <laughs> with a spear stag, you know. It's a it lot. Was, it was a lot, but I thought that was one of the more interesting NPCs that, At least I had created. Um,
0: So then, for the second part of her question, how would you bring uh, this young uh, Gorgon, Gorgon? Yeah, Gorgon. Gorgon girl into our current campaign, which I would say is the uh, evil campaign. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I think she would be a really interesting acolyte to the goddess of life that has been sort of a. not really like a villain for us, but that we're kind of like butting heads with a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. I think I would love to introduce her in as maybe a high ranking priestess or something like that, that, you know, could potentially be someone that, again, she just wants to help people. Maybe she understands that death is a natural part of life and she doesn't want to stop necromancy necessarily, or doesn't want to stop people who are, you know, she can't outlaw all war like people are going to die and if people don't die or don't get hurt then she's out of a job anyway right mm-hmm. i think she could be an interesting kind of neutral force that would sit in in between the worship of life and the worship of death right? yeah um she'd be someone who has a little bit better perspective even as a priestess of life that she would sort of see i see death as a necessary part of of life
0: would you age her then and make her older or is she still a young girl
1: yeah i would think it i mean i, I think it would be interesting having seen what could be kind of a formative experience for Mm -hmm. her you know as a child this this debacle with this village and and her mother and one of the sons of baphomet i think it would be really interesting to yeah jump forward you know a few hundred years and see has she held on to her kind of youthful innocence or she had to throw that away and become a little bit sterner and a little bit more guarded and and suspicious um i think that would be really really fun to get to revisit that character in that way definitely so yeah i hope it's okay that i used one of my npcs (laughs) (laughs) how about you piper what have you got
0: so I'm actually going to draw from one of my own uh, NPCs as well, because, uh, again, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we're vain. Yeah, and we're vain. <laughs> we love our own creations. Um, and it's funny, I was just thinking that I wanted to bring this character back in some way. Um, I am going to say that my favorite is... Damascus, who was a gold mage. Yeah. Uh, and he was the NPC that I created for the very first D&D game that I ever DM'd, uh, which I played with some of my girlfriends. And I wanted, uh, I kind of learned this from you because I feel like you used um, your uh, dwarf character as sort of a guide yeah. for when our characters were like maybe stumped with something that it would be nice to have another character there to be like, what's that over there? And you'd be like, oh, okay, I see what we're supposed to do now. Um, because when I was doing this, session, it was, I think all of my friends were brand new to it, just like me. Um, And so I wanted to have someone who could kind of, you know, point them in the right direction and and take them where they needed to go. So I created this gold mage. And His whole story, I personally love, Uh, he, for whatever reason, I think he was born with this ability that he could just create gold. Yeah. And for me, uh, I liked the idea that he would always be like twirling a little gold coin between his fingers. Cool. And he could also instantly just kind of go whoop and it would be gone. (laughs) Um, But what you didn't know was that he was like essentially just like pulling it out of his skin, which like sounds gross, but like he does it really fast and like can like materialize it. Um, he would also commonly just like draw his fingers through the air and suddenly there'd be these gold threads and he'd be like doing a Jacob's <laughs> ladder. And so he could just make all of this gold. Um, and what I liked the idea about was that his magic that was inside of him that gave him this ability, it also made him live forever. And so he came from a time when his magic made him very powerful, like when gold was obviously the the valuable mineral that we know it to be. Yeah. But he's since lived past that time where now gold is not a currency that people use anymore. and he, so his, He spent
1: years and years making gold for everybody who asked and so now there's, well, the world is flooded with gold. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so now his his magic is what he can create. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah. And that kind of makes him sad. He also, yeah. I love the idea that he had these scars on his palms <laughs> from a time when someone tried to cut the gold from him to like yeah. make it flow. And so yeah. he's kind of, he has a lot of trauma and a lot of like heavy weight on his shoulders and...
1: We we both have dark
0: <laughs> characters. This is pretty classic. Yeah. I mean, you know, episode one hundred. You should know by now. We typically make it dark because yeah, yeah. sadness is fun, guys. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you different. Yeah, we um. love sadness. <laughs> <laughs> <Boo-boo-boo>. <laughs> um, but so his motivations um, for helping the villain of my story, who was this uh, elf prince or this fairy prince uh, who lived on an island, and he needed people brought to him so he could essentially like he wanted sacrifices. He would like take their lives and make bargains with them and things like that. He was kind of like a devil. Uh, And so Damascus, he has lived forever he's tired of living but he's also a coward so he doesn't want to just like die and kill himself because he doesn't know what's coming next and so the fairy king made him a promise he said if you bring people to the island for me I will grant you an eternal sleep so you won't have to worry about being alive anymore you could just sit and dream and you, you're not dead so you're safe blah 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 and yep. for him that was like oh that sounds wonderful I don't have to be alive I don't have to die I'll just be sleeping like thank you yes I will gladly bring people here uh, for that reason and and so I would love to bring Damascus back into a game. I yeah. would be very interested to see, you know, you know, what world we are in. Are we yeah. in a world where gold is a currency and therefore yeah. he can like, you know, have infinite wealth and power from it? Does yeah. he need to watch his back? Because if people know that he can make gold, then that makes him a target like he's experienced yeah. before.
1: I mean, you have kind of an interesting and an easy buy in in that maybe he was given this eternal slumber right? and he slept for a thousand years and people forgot about him. And then he wakes up in the time where now our adventuring party is out in the world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, so he's a character that I, I just, I personally find to be a little complex (laughs) and I'm like, oh, I want to explore this guy. Um, and I feel like I've said this before, but famously, um, I was hoping that once he revealed his backstory to the party, yeah. they might have sympathy for him and forgive him. But they're like, screw you, you yeah. asshole. I hope you die. And no he's like, sexual. no,
1: guys, please. No, absolutely. I Yeah, I think it's, it you know, a classic example of things not going the way the DM expects, right? But to put so much effort into a character like that and be like, cool, we're going to get some more adventures out of this, right? Everything Mm -hmm. that I have for the future is kind of built around this one choice. And I hope that they make the choice that allows me to continue leveraging this creation of mine. And then your party just swerves on you. (laughs) and goes the total opposite direction.
0: There were a lot of things in that world that I'd like to explore some more. There was this big uh, kind of like, so there was a dragon that they found uh, like, underneath part of the island and yeah. like the steam from his body was like rising up through the rocks and that's how they oh, knew cool. that he was down there cool. and he was blinded uh and he made a deal with them uh that the fairy king had taken his eyes and i Ooh. liked the idea that one eye allowed him to see the past and one eye allowed him to see the future
3: yeah and
0: the fairy king currently had both of the dragon's eyes and so i was like oh that's a fun concept like yeah. i'd love to bring that back like maybe he's a one-eyed dragon at some point and he can only see the past he doesn't know what's coming
1: that's really cool and
0: i was like oh that would be just like kind of fun to explore so yeah
1: Yeah. no i I like that i i think that again like i said you've got kind of a good buy-in for any character that is you know like immortal or close to it because you can just say well they've been around for so long Mm -hmm. even if they aren't in this universe maybe they they learned how to Jump between planes or realms or you know whatever. I think it's a, a fairly trivial thing to find ways to introduce a character like that.
0: I just had a like an epiphany thought an apostrophe. Yeah, an apostrophe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said that Damascus maybe sleeps for a thousand years and then wakes up yeah. uh, and interacts with a new party. Yeah, I like the idea because I've. Maybe I've talked on the show about the concept of uh, dream walking. This idea that yeah. when we dream, we're actually going to different places. Um, and I like the idea that maybe Damascus—that's what he's convinced himself of. So he like wakes oh. up and he meets the party, and they're like, "No, like it's just later. You're still in the same place." And he's like, "This is a dream. You guys aren't real." If so you
1: were a dream, of course you would say that. Right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. He's like, "I am. This is all my dream. So there's no consequences." And maybe that's what he tells himself to not be so afraid. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so many fun things to explore. Yeah. Alex, great question. Thank you. Alex. Thank you it's so much. A
1: great start. I think we'll, we'll try to not have this just be like three hours of us patting ourselves on the back yeah, for the right? cool stuff we've done so far. That's mostly been what it has, uh, what, what we've done so far, but, um, hopefully we can start. I mean, I guess we said we thanked you guys. So we got we got our we got our humble quota in. Now we exactly. get to be arrogant for the rest of it.
0: Yeah. Give me um, a slice of that arrogant pie.
1: <laughs> well, I am gonna give us another listener question here, actually. So uh, we're gonna go for Alex's second one here and let's hear what we got.
2: We all know what the Material Plane looks like. And for the most part, we all know what the Feywild looks like, or we have some kind of thought in our mind of what it looks like. But what does the Shadowfell look like to you guys?
1: Ooh. Ooh
0: cool.
2: Okay. okay, first question. What
0: is the Shadowfell? <laughs> I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> Ooh, okay, that's an interesting one. So the Shadowfell, kind of the the counterpart Uh, like opposite, mirror opposite to the Feywild, right? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing that I kind of first think of is, I, you know, I have to squeeze my Tolkien influence in here, (laughs) of course, but um, if you look at any of the Alan Lee art for what Angband or like the, you know, the Northern Wastes where Morgoth and and Sauron were mucking about for most of the First and Second Age, Mm -hmm. um, it's all this really... Everything is these, you know, stark, like dark gray uh, kind of mountains. Every every road is along some like narrow pathway through some, you know, desolate canyon. Uh, and there's always just dark clouds and then, you know, like lightning in the background. end you know, of the only light really that's there comes from these violent lightning storms. That's Ooh. kind of what I picture. I almost would see it as being like you know that the Feywild, wild i picture as being bright and vibrant and everything is kind of like a like purple and blue that's mm-hmm. sort of like the color of magic to me i almost view the sh- uh view shadowfell as being like in black and white like there yeah. is no color there it's totally mm-hmm. devoid of any of that because color and light is you know that's like joyful and happy and you can't have any of that <laughs> in yeah. the shadowfell
0: totally oh. i am drawn to so shadow instantly makes me think of like so this is kind of like an inverted view of our world. Yeah. Um, so if you picture uh, kind of similar to the upside down, yeah, okay. um, except not like dust floating around everywhere and and, and mucus and slime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea of it being essentially if you like inverted everything. And so it's mostly just like black. I feel like, you, If you were, like, standing in a busy city street in our realm, right, yeah. and you somehow instantly switched over to the shadow realm, then it would look like all the same buildings and everything would be there, but it would almost seem as if you're standing in a city and it's completely empty and it's yeah. just you. And I feel like the silence would have a weight to it. Um, And there's, like, for me, one of... <laughs> insight into one of my biggest fears, um, deep dark water, like the like oh, being yeah. in the middle of the ocean is terrifying to me.
1: Philosophobia, I think.
0: Maybe. And point, I feel yeah. like that's the feeling that you would get if you're standing in this place where you're just oh, like there's okay. just darkness and emptiness around me in every direction. Yeah. Um, so that's
1: kind of the, the Silent Hill approach to yeah. it, right? that it's all just it's the same place, but it's like foggy and everything's a little off. And then the a giant pyramid head guy rips your skin off. <laughs> uh.
0: I don't think I'd have fog. I think it would just be incredibly incredibly empty and like every okay. step you take to has like a big echo cool to emphasize cool. that emptiness in fact another thing to help visualize kind of what i'm picturing um fun fact uh the so for my job, I work uh, with interns, and I help get them internships at small companies. And there's this really cool small company, and they have uh, automated uh, t- car technology, like self-driving yeah. cars. And they were showing me this kind of uh, light-sensitive map that their cameras can create. And it like sends out this uh, scan uh, with like a very detailed laser, it can kind of map an area. And then when you see it on their computers, it's pretty much just like a black screen. And then uh, I think it's called like a pin map sort of thing. So like the outline of everything is made up of a million little like bright green dots. Yeah. Okay. And so it's kind of it looks very eerie and
1: spooky. It, it looks like hacking in movies in the 80s. Like yeah. This. Yeah. Like
0: everything is just outlined <laughs> in these kind of little pinpricks. Um, and those cool. are like usually like a kind of bright green or bright red color against like otherwise a black background. And cool. so that's another kind of thing that I picture.
1: I like that. So Yeah. You know, the the big things, the absent the absence of of sense is mm-hmm. kind of what stands out to me from all this the absence of color the absence of light the absence of of other people yeah um maybe the absence of sound i i like this idea of maybe the longer you spend in shadowfell the more of your senses are kind of robbed from you until eventually everything is just black mm-hmm. so you you know if you are unfortunate enough to stumble in there somehow accidentally, then, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, if you don't find your way out, you're, you're blind, deaf, and mute, you know? Like, you're just fumbling around in the dark, unable to really... Move forward. Spooky. Um, yeah, that is really, ooh, that is, that is spooky. <laughs>
0: awesome. awesome. Yeah, great questions, Alex.
1: Another great question from Thank Alex. Thank you
0: so, so much for writing in. Uh,
1: I want to actually move on to here. We had some, uh, some guests, uh, some listeners that sent in a few written prompts for us. Uh, Read them up. And I'm going to go ahead and jump on over to our our good buddy vale here Uh, holy cannoli so he had a couple good questions for us he says hello mr and mrs worldforge that's us (laughs) hey Uh, long time listener second time caller yes uh i wanted to know (laughs) if you two thought your favorite animal could beat the other's favorite animal in a fight (gasps) you're not allowed to tell each other what your favorite animal is until the end okay well we're we're cheating on this because we both know we know
0: each other's favorite uh, animal, and I do. <laughs> yeah. This is a good question. We could really debate this because. This so, my question. favorite animal is a elk, yes. preferably a bull elk, uh, and yours is a fox. Yes. Now. My bull elk, I feel like, could stomp you to death.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, in a pure <laughs> battle of might, obviously, that would be the case, right? You could gore me. You could, you know, pick me up with your tines and throw me off a cliff. You could stomp <laughs> me with your diamond hooves or whatever.
0: Um, But then you have very sharp teeth. Yeah. And I have to sleep eventually. And a
1: cunning mind. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so you
0: could maybe just come up and, <laughs> and bite my throat.
1: I think so. I mean, yeah, you know, I think there's, there's strong arguments to be made in either direction right because the other thing you know i mean foxes are most known for being clever and kind of tricky and Mm -hmm. i think you know if i were in a situation as a fox Mm -hmm. where i had to fight you know a giant bull elk (laughs) you know i wouldn't just face that down head on right i would try to engineer some type of circumstance where i had the upper hand either i'd you know i'd Get one of my bigger buddies to come and you know, I'd I'd go call on my friend the the wolf. The grizzly. Pack. Yeah, the grizzly bear or whatever, and I'd say, Hey, go kill this elk. He's being a dick. Uh, oh my
0: god. I was gonna say, yeah, do it like a fable. And you say to the elk, you're like, Elk, I bet you can't reach that golden apple hanging yeah. above that cliff. And elk's like, Yeah, I can, and he falls and dies, and you're like, I win. Absolutely. I killed him. Absolutely. My I, brain.
1: Yeah. In in a battle of brawn, absolutely you win. In a battle of wits, absolutely I win. And I think it just kind of depends. On what the yeah what the battlefield is. That's there. a nice fair,
3: so, yeah. fair trade. Equitable. Yeah. Vale, you
1: thought you were going to force us to fight you thought this is going to result in the dissolution of World Forge uh. I also
0: want to share um, <laughs> Sam's mom is incredibly crafty not unlike a fox oh yes uh, but exactly. she is a talented painter and makes many many arts and crafts and she recently gifted us a mug uh, which I am using oh, yeah. all the time because I think it's super cute and I drink a lot of coffee and it's beautiful and it has uh, a fox and a deer on it and it says our adventure begins and I I look at it in the mornings when I'm not quite awake and I'm like I could cry over this this is so dang cute <laughs> this mug I'm will like, catch her tears that, that fox is Sam and I'm that deer and it's so sweet and I love it it's very
1: cute absolutely yeah this is a hard topic to trip us up on we just we know each other far too well yes but, uh, and we know
0: how we'd kill each other far too well
1: yes exactly yeah. so excellent excellent question <laughs> available you'll have to try again with the tricks here uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to just hop on over he sent in a few questions I'll jump right to his next one here he said hey Sam and Piper I wanted to know what subject will always make you two Argue with each other, or oh at gosh. least make one of you roll your eyes and disengage when the other brings it up. Oh my God! <laughs> you really are going for the throat with these questions. You're trying to get us to go for the throat.
0: <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, my answers are uh, very long. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a long list of things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's mostly
1: a me problem. uh,
0: When Sam tells the same stories I've heard it a million times, I pull out my phone and I start scrolling on social media. (laughs) When Sam starts talking about Lord of the Rings in a social setting, I pull out my phone and start scrolling. When I start Um, talking
1: about... Bitcoin. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, what about you, Sam? What can't? What are you like? Oh, Piper, stop telling me about the freaking Beauty and the Beast. No, it's fan a, fictions it, you're writing. It's <laughs> a goddamn
1: dishwasher. I
0: know <laughs> that's like things. the only thing.
1: <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I think communication in in podcasting and romance uh, <laughs> are, is his chief and uh you know we don't really have any any major issues like that no but, uh,
0: in fact um it's <laughs> funny one of our friends sam's buddy since high school is yeah. a, a like a family therapist yeah and before he had like graduated right he was yeah he was
1: he was doing his he was in school and he had to do kind of like a trial practice like couples therapy counseling. couples counseling run yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's like can i practice on you guys and we're like sure yeah. and so he Sits us down and he's like, All right, so, like, what's something that you disagree on? And we like sat there for a moment and we were like, it's like, well, sometimes Sam will buy a bag of chips and he'll eat most of them, but then there's always like some chips at the bottom. And then he goes out and buys another bag of chips. And then when that gets down to a few chips, he buys another one. So we have just like all these bags with like just a few chips in the bottom. And he looks at us and he's like, I don't think I can write this paper based on chips. And we're like, well, that's like the only thing that gets
1: us. Yeah, we're we're a very boring couple to try and uh, do therapy on, I think so. Yeah, that's, that's us, unfortunately.
0: Um, You don't like when I sing.
1: Well, okay, that makes me sound really mean. Uh, what, what,
0: I'm not a good singer, so that is your, your to your credit. It's not that I don't like when
1: you sing. We're really airing out our laundry now. It's not that I don't like when you sing, it's... It's when it's more when you'll like quote a song. Yes. And then you can't just leave it at I'm like, oh cool, I get it. But you'll just keep doing the whole song. And well, I'm like, I'll well, li- this is the next three minutes of my life. When I'm well, gonna- I'll
0: look at you and I'll be, I'll be like, big wheels keep on turning, am I right? And you're yeah. like, yep. And then I go, Proud Mary, keep on burning. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. And I'm like, but rollin' yeah. and uh, and rollin' and uh, Sam rolling on- down the river.
1: Yeah. So there's a very specific circumstance yes. under which yet make me sound. On like a scrooge <laughs> uh, it, i
0: have a beautiful voice and sam yells to me when i sing <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right that question worked a little better to get us at each other's throughout, so they all good work on that one uh, <laughs> i'm just gonna go with the other with both all four of his questions right here so i was wondering which episode of your show you feel is most underrated hmm. um yeah, I Haunted mean, house. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny. We yeah, we did kind of talk about our favorite creations here. And I think it sort of falls into that same sort of answer. Um, you know, in, in terms of episodes that haven't done that haven't had as high of listenership. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like. I feel like actually our World Forge jukebox episodes didn't get as big of a response as I was kind of expecting them to. I I thought that was really fun. This was the episode where we chose random songs from our Spotify playlist or Google Play, Google Music playlist. Yeah. Um, And then we created characters based on those songs and I think that was an idea that we were really excited about that just didn't get as much listenership uh, so as, as some of the others
0: am I remembering right Sam you because we were worried about like copyright stuff so we didn't get to play the audio clips yes we did re- so re- I think that kind of maybe was to the downfall of the performance of the episode yeah
1: well I actually did re-release that with the audio clips oh, you did okay. later so we used that one as a rerun as well when we were just moving into the house and I had the version with the audio clips that I had You know, when we first released it, I made the decision after doing the edit that it, you know, just might not be a good idea. And then I did a little bit more research and kind of figured, hey, when we reuse this episode, if next time we need a a rerun for something, I'll do this episode with all the musical cues in there um yeah and yeah we were we were really excited about that one and the feedback that we did get was great for mm-hmm. it but i was surprised to see that that one had lower listenership so that's the one that i would say yeah is our most underrated so go back and listen to uh World Forge jukebox 1.5 yeah uh, there's something sus about this demon is the, the name of the <laughs> episode it was a fairly recent one
0: and go I and think. listen to the haunted house episode yes. and when it's done <laughs> press start again and listen to it a second time yeah, absolutely and then a third time and then every single
1: day i should probably put some ad breaks in there if you're going to do that actually so <laughs> you can get paid uh <laughs> all right question four from Vale. hey sam and piper i wanted to know which part of your life did piper write uh in other words what's the darkest part of your backstory
0: oh wait wow as in like our human existence
1: i yeah i what, guess so
0: sam what's the saddest thing i've ever done to you
1: yeah uh, <laughs> agree to marry me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um boy i don't know i mean this you know is like a
0: really sad thing that happened to us
1: i got hit by a well i think what he's saying is you like to make it dark i
0: do like to make yeah. it dark yes um
1: i i mean i got hit by a car when i was a kid and i messed up my knee pretty bad but mostly that's fine now i mean i've lived a bit of a A bit of a charmed life, I suppose. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, sad stuff. Um i don't know we, we we're happy people yeah
1: boy we're just bragging about how great we are this whole episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> i could i could lie and make up a thing that yeah, happened <laughs> piper
1: you know what actually, that, that's a good way to answer this question right yeah, let's so make
0: up a sad back make up a, a sad ourselves. backstory
1: for for our relationship we can relationship. get us both in one thing
0: oh dude yeah. no i've got it it's okay, perfect what it's, is it it's actually the truth um <laughs> uh we famously oh, met yeah. at a convention yeah. um a nerd convention <laughs> and Anime detour. Um, and I was dressed up as Princess Bubblegum. And, yeah, and Sam was a photographer.
1: Yeah, as I wasn't he just is. dressed up as one. I was one. He
0: was one. And he was uh, doing what uh, single nerds do, going around, uh, <laughs> using his camera to talk to women. Yep. And uh, he came up to me and asked if he could take my photo. And I said, sure. And I posed with my friends. And then we talked for a little bit. And then we said goodbye. And a few weeks later, my friend, uh, she found your photos that you had shared uh, and tagged me. And so then I like added you as a friend and we started talking and you were like flirting with me a little bit. And I was like, hmm. No thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, and I shot him down. shot me down
1: pretty hard. And then, like, seven years later or something like that, we started talking again. It wasn't and,
0: that long. Hey,
1: it, well, you're right. It was like four or five years or something like that.
0: It was like two, two or three.
1: No, because I was.
0: 2012 well, we to have, 2014. It
1: would have been 2015. Okay. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway. But yeah, no. It's funny because it has a happy ending because I forgot that I knew you. Yeah, um, I which literally a lot
1: of people wish they could. so lucky you that you actually did. So, you pulled it off. You crazy son of a bitch. Because you, you it. just
0: kind of faded from my timeline on Facebook, yeah. so I just kind of forgot about you. And I like made a post about uh, Jose Gonzalez uh, yeah. at like asking for his music, and you were like, you just popped in. You are like, I've got all of the music. I'll it. send Will it, you it to try you. Try and date me again. Um, and I totally forgot who you were. And so I at the time you had a very attractive profile picture Sam wow. it was very edgy black and white you were like kind of cut because that's back when you used to go to the gym all the oh, time okay okay <laughs> no but right. you were like super hot and sexy and I remember this like staring at that photo forever and I showed it to so many friends I was like look at this guy I'm talking to this guy right now I don't know where I know him from <laughs> <laughs> so yeah then we went on a date and I asked you and you're like it was Detour, and I was like oh yeah I remember yeah. that
1: uh, we like a phoenix we rose from the ashes from from <laughs> The ruins and rubble of tragedy uh, springs forth new life. Exactly, uh, there, And there we are. So, so
0: the moral is, um, <laughs> if a girl says no, just keep at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the moral and not a good not piece of Not the moral advice. at all. Do not do that. All.
0: Respect women's wishes uh, because they'll know you're a gentleman. <laughs>
1: on that note, speaking of gentlemen, we're going to move over to another question and prompt here <laughs> from a very gentlemanly and dear friend of ours, Jared Bornigal from <gasps> Monsters in Multiclass. Jared sent in what looks like... A prompt and a question for us. I'm going to go ahead and play that one next. Nice.
4: Hey, this is Jared from Monsters and Multiclass. And the character prompt I have for you is to make me a multiclass between a monk and a druid. And to take from you guys, I'm going to use a random word generator and give you the word border (laughs) to incorporate. So good luck. And congrats on so many episodes here one more time here so i want to (laughs) know what is the biggest difference between your early episodes and now and what always kind of blows your mind when you when you look back on those old episodes
0: Ooh. okay okay well let's tackle this um multi-class real quick
1: yes i think we should
0: just do this one together yeah i agree yeah okay so monk and druid um border yeah that Honestly, it seems like it would work pretty well.
1: I agree. I mean, me. to be kind of like disciplined and, you you know, you sort of meditate on the idea, you know, out in nature, out kind of isolated, like, you know, a hermit-like monk kind of cloistered away somewhere. I think I, that, that yeah. is a, a trope that kind of tracks.
0: I like the idea um, that kind of actually going off of one of the things that we made in the Black Hills um, maybe this person because when I think of like a monk I think of like a master and like yeah. a teacher and stuff yeah. so maybe his teacher is some element of nature either like an animal or like a tree oh I love that um, and so he literally you know it seems very kind of almost cliche 80s yeah. like kung fu movie thing where it's like my tree like this tree is my master yeah. I, I stood strong and I learned to have like my feet firmly on the ground yeah. and I have my hands in the air like I just don't care <laughs> Like so many leaves, that's why I'm such a good break dancer. I, I like this that. This tree Piper. taught me to break dance.
1: I think that that one here deserves a uh... <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Episode one hundred and uh yeah. learn to break dance from a tree. <laughs> no, I, I like that. Yeah, either studying the way that yeah the way that plants grow and that you become kind of lithe and and flexible and bendy like a you know, like a, a willow tree or something like that. Or maybe even their master is like the weather. Like they study the the forces of of great storms. And mm-hmm. that's how they they model their movements after, you know, if they can strike like a thunderbolt hitting the earth, or if they can, you know, kind of uh move through unobstructed like a tornado uh, cool. through harsh territory. I think that would be kind of a cool thing if they They kind of develop this martial ability and martial art based on the things they see in nature around them. Yeah. Whether it is the plant life or the animal life or the... That would actually be kind of... You know, you have like, you know, my monkey style beats your viper style or whatever. You know, you have all these different kind of like kung fu arts that are based on animals. That is actually, I think, a really natural connection. I like it. And if they're... You know, their their striking viper style is them going into a beast form and you know their their wild shape and literally turning into a viper to fight you. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very very cool.
0: Neat, yeah. yeah. I think with the border element, perhaps um, there are two nations on yeah. either side of a line, and they have different like these kind of fighting styles and. Yeah like kind of mindsets and principles. So maybe it is sort of more people who learn from animals, their kind of style of fighting versus people who learn from plants and weather and stuff like that.
1: I like that. And so maybe our character is like kind of border patrol. They're, they're like the, they live out Uh, in the fringes out Mm -hmm. on the edge of this kind of no man's land between them in the wildest part of the forest and they're the ones that kind of stop interlopers from the other nation from sneaking in and you know burning their forest down or stealing all their secrets or you know whatever it is that they would be doing raiding their cattle farms or whatever
0: i like it i like the idea too that um maybe the 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 side that is kind of all about learning from animals. I like that they would have sort of like, um, in his dark materials, like everyone has a daemon, essentially a Matt Damon, (laughs) that is to say an animal companion, whether or not it is a manifestation of your living soul, or if it's simply everyone just gets an animal, like at a certain age and you're like, okay, take care of this forever.
1: I like that. Uh, And the the Druids are the ones that have like the closest bond with them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Neat. Yeah, like all right. Good prompt. Good prompt. Yeah, this is
1: a very good prompt. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, to your question, Jared, what are the what are the biggest differences between our early episodes and our current episodes? Uh, we still don't know what we're doing or what we're talking about, so that hasn't changed Well, I was going to say the modif- modifier wheel is completely gone. That's a good point. We haven't used the modifier wheel in a while. Um, well, you know, certainly there have been, I mean, from kind of a technological standpoint, we've mm-hmm. got different equipment now that we're using we both have our own microphone i mean the first couple episodes we recorded on one microphone crowded around a a dinner table that was a lot (laughs) which which was (laughs) yeah a lot um you know definitely our episodes are longer now too i mean we we are going to probably be above two hours with this one easily, I think.
0: Well, I think that's Um, why we lost the wheel is because we spent so much time (laughs) like just creating and rambling with just the word prompt that there wasn't enough time in the end to throw a random modifier into it. Absolutely. um,
1: yeah, I think we also, I mean, we definitely have a lot more structure now than we used to. And we have, you know, we have, we introduced the rec room segment. We have the think tank segment, which yeah. pops up here and there. Um, yeah, I, I think we've kind of refined our approach a little bit as well. I certainly feel as though, you know, I, I kind of have viewed this last two years of doing this podcast as basically just practice for us for writing our own stories, whether it's in d d or elsewhere. Right. I mean, I strongly feel that I'm much better at, that aspect of playing D&D of, of role playing in general mm-hmm. of world building and and doing it collaboratively than we were when we started. I mean, I I would like to think that I'm a better DM for my players and I'm a better storyteller, but you know, that's that's something that uh I think is an interesting product of this show as well that we've mm-hmm. gotten to explore all of these these different techniques and and sort of analyze and and refine them.
0: Well, you know what they say, Sam, the mind is a muscle. You just got to keep using it.
1: They do say that all the time. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Jared, you're welcome for basically doing your next episode of Monsters in Multiclass (laughs) for you, uh, coming up with this beautiful monk and Druid character. And uh, Mm -hmm. we will thank you for the lovely prompt and the the question there. Um,
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. (laughs)
1: Let's go ahead and see what we got next. We're actually going to jump over to another listener prompt. This is our good buddy, Ang Angus, who has been just, Angus, we really, really appreciate all the awesome feedback that you give us. Um, Angus reaches out to us a lot on Twitter, just with you know ideas about our creations, about ways that he's you know tried to use them with you know ideas for prompts. I think we've done one or two episodes that are Angus uh, prompted episodes already. So yeah, well, uh,
0: he first reached out after we did um, your. Uh, we were doing the cowboys. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And you're a black hat cowboy. Yeah, Angus, name... Angus
1: McDollar, or whatever his name was. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Angus McMoneybag. Yeah, it was something
1: like that. <laughs> so uh, Angus, you got a cool name, and you're a you're a good buddy. So let's see what Angus has to say for us.
5: Hi guys, I'm happy to be on the podcast in audio form at least. Uh, contributing again with some random nonsense I came up with. <laughs> uh, the first one was. Uh, simply among us, of something Sam said, I think, in the mountaineering camping episode. Uh So what sort of monster strikes you as something that sort of hides amongst people and tries to get them one at a time, like the thing from the thing? The second one was?
1: Wait, hold up. I'm going to stop there, and we'll tackle this question first Yeah, definitely. Um, I like that. Also, I guess I didn't know that you were... Australian? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you don't know, don't guess. (laughs) Uh, Very nice to hear from you. Hi, officially. Thanks for writing in.
1: (laughs) Um, As far as animals that hide among us um you know a wendigo kind of pops to mind or like a like a skin changer like wendigos can shape shift, can't they or maybe they're maybe they're just really sneaky they kind of slink about in the shadows
0: some of the coolest imagery i've heard is that they can they hide behind trees so they can stretch their bodies really tall and thin so they can stand behind skinny trees okay and then they step out like with these long freaky ass limbs
1: totally so then yeah for me like yeah, like skin skinwalkers or skin changers or like doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. Um, any any creature that can like steal someone's identity that has this kind of literal chameleon ability yeah. uh, is is the first thing that jumps out for me. Um, I'm
0: almost going to pull inspiration from uh, Alex's previous question and say, like, what? I don't even know if this is a thing, um, but I'm going to make it a thing right now. <laughs> uh, a kind of monster that it's simply it like hides in your own shadow.
1: Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. And
0: so it's like sort of a maybe it came from the shadow realm yeah. and now it's here in our realm and it knows that it can like mimic people's shadows and kind of follow you around. And maybe it's almost like parasitic in that way. Yeah. That if it stays attached to your shadow long enough, then it'll, you'll start getting like really sick or something
1: maybe it's an animal that like it eats shadows Mm. and it will find a host and it will slowly eat away at your shadow and like if your shadow starts to grow fainter or smaller you know that you have one of these creatures that's that's stalking you very i think that would be really interesting and eventually maybe they you know maybe their their end goal is you know right now they're just this creature of darkness right and what they want to do is eat your shadow and replace it and then from there they can slowly kind of creep in and take over you know their their host body or something yeah. so they can exist in like the in an actual body in the material plane? I don't know.
0: I had um, my character, my my kind of brawler, um, his name was Barnes. Arthur Barnes. Arthur Barnes, yeah. yeah. Um, he allowed a demon to attach itself to his soul, and that yeah. demon mostly lived inside his shadow. Yeah. And he would every now and then like slither up and perch on his shoulder and whisper evil things in his ear. <laughs> um, but that was a fun character yeah. to do, too.
1: I liked Arthur a lot. Yeah, Arthur had a cool... Was he a barbarian?
0: Um, I think he was just a fighter.
1: Okay, because yeah. we gave him kind of a rage-like ability when he let the demon take over. He had sort of a, like, almost like werewolf-like yeah. kind of his transformation. he kind of hulked out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, I yeah. also just want to say that, like, one of the first things that literally popped into my mind is... Um, those kind of trapdoor spiders,
2: oh but like yeah. make
0: a really big one. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the kind of classic, like Lord of the Rings setting, you know, you're like walking down like a skinny little, uh, crevasse of some kind <laughs> in the mountains and like, there's a giant spider there that can like, maybe it disguises itself to look like a boulder and it just kind of grabs you and like pulls you in. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. that's a good point. Ooh, so many so, good options here. Yeah,
0: Good Heidi monsters. Yeah.
1: Of course. We all know the greatest monster is man. Man. man so yeah, we can, <laughs> we can leave that one there alright let's hear Angus's next question
5: your town makes its preparations for the annual raid the hour strikes midnight but they do not come a great celebration happens and the rest of the year passes without trouble however the next year the raid still doesn't come and now people are curious I hope these can be inspiring
1: Ooh, very okay. inspiring. So this is kind of like Seven Samurai style. There's like a group of bandits that come and raid the town every year. Is that what he said or did he say rain?
0: Uh, he said raid, I think. Raid, that's and what I And it makes thought. me think of the uh, biker wizards yeah. that we created. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? I like the idea of kind of going off of that sort of mentality of you know this kind of group that comes through every year right and they've always been sort of like a bad thing that like you said the town sort of has to prepare themselves for Um, they come
1: they eat they leave
0: well that's the thing yes (laughs) exactly so i like the idea that the after the first year of this raiding party not coming through it's a big celebration and then the fact that people are then kind of starting to get concerned afterwards like maybe they're like well Wait a minute, but but what happened to them? What about Cherry? I mean, Cherry was mean, but he was still a, a funny guy. He
1: broke my window last time, but I mean, you know, he was real respectful about the way he did it, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, I remember him telling me about his mom. I hope she's okay, too. Like, maybe they get concerned oh for these God. bandits, and they're like, we have to go find them. We have to go find the bandits that used to raid our town every year. So
1: this is kind of funny. Like, maybe the... <laughs> it's like a whole village. They all have, like, horrible Stockholm syndrome, right? But, like, they keep getting raided to the point where they're like... Oh, Okay, they're gonna come and raid us every year. Why resist? Maybe we should just kind of, you know, gift wrap all of our all of our finest goods every year and leave them. You know, in the same way as when Santa comes, you leave out cookies <laughs> and milk for him, right? you are gonna talk about like the mob. Yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> like, I, Look, you pay up or else.
1: Exactly. Like every year when it comes time for the raid, everybody takes like the finest thing that, you know, the the biggest pumpkin they harvested that year, or the, you know, the finest helmet that the blacksmith crafted that year, or the best pair of shoes that the cobbler made that year. And they leave it on their doorstep for this group. And then when they come through, they, you know, they take all of these gifts that are the, these these leave. gifts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I wonder if over years and years and years, these townsfolk start to become You know, kind of excited for this raid to come. They, you know, they're proud of the things they create, and so they want to say, "All right, these bandits are going to keep coming back because we've got all the good stuff. We're the best craftsmen all around." You know, and so you know, this this cobbler puts, you know, he gets the finest like antelope leather, and he works it into this beautiful (laughs) pair of of boots. And you know, he he has a uh, eyelets made of gold, and you know, he's got all this like you know broguing and filigree on it. And he's just so excited, he he puts it out on his doorstep, and he goes to bed, and he wakes up. next morning and they're still there mm-hmm. you know and so they they'd kind of say, did they find another town to come and steal from? How dare they betray us like this? And maybe they kind of form a mob and go out and find them now.
0: I like either the <laughs> idea, yeah, of like a, a party that simply consists of, you know, a baker, a midwife, like just average yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And they're out just looking for the bandits. And people are like, oh, are you off to seek revenge? And they're like, no, we want them to come back. Yeah, like, we just want to yeah. make sure they're okay. You know, <laughs> like it's been a really long time and we're worried that something might have happened to them. Yeah. Um, so either the, the townsfolk go out and and become the party or that could be a quest. They, you yes, know, they exactly. commission a party to go find them and the party's like, yeah, all right. And what do you want us to do to them when we get them? You know, and they're like, all right. And they're like, no, no, don't do anything. Maybe give Alexander the sweater. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe these, these, all the kids got together and they painted a big banner. Could you unfurl the banner <laughs> so they know that the kids miss them and they want the, the bandits to come back?
1: Absolutely. They're like interviewing like other bandit groups and they're just like, it's just not the same. It's not, it's the, not same. the same.
0: No. <laughs> These guys, they punch in the face. Those guys never punched in the face. No, no, never. There's always a tummy punch, and we can take that. <laughs> we don't want to ruin our beautiful faces. Oh, my God. This, like,
1: toxic relationship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, my other thought is that maybe the, the, this, like, band of ruffians that used to come through, maybe they're not coming through anymore is almost like a sign of, you know, a coming plague or a natural yeah. disaster or something. It's sort of like. When the birds stopped coming back because you know the ground is like toxic, and yeah, so okay. it's like something to do with like the the weather or you know the changing environment. Well,
1: or maybe there's a new ruler in town. There's like a new duke, a that, new sheriff. Uh, yeah. In town. <laughs> Came and, like drove them all out and the sheriff you know he, he comes around and he's like hey you're free from the from the oppression of these horrible bandits and they're like what do you mean and they're like we we chased the bandits away they left and they're like why would you do that come on. they were they were like our buddies <laughs> we like those bandits
0: another idea maybe one of the reasons why the townsfolk want the bandits to come back is because when they did come once a year it scared off other people oh yeah and so now that they don't come anymore the town seems like free pickings and so yeah. uh, like maybe like an even worse kind of a mob (laughs) boss has like moved in and he's like, yeah, this is my place now. Yeah. And I'm here all the time. Once a year, no way. Talk about 24 seven, baby. And they're like, no, where are the bandits?
1: You, you know, you sacrifice a little bit of freedom to have, you know, greater protection. Yeah. I I like that.
0: Cool. Very fun prompt. Thank you, Angus. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right. Who's next here? We've got, uh, this is another listener, uh, prompt here from Ed does everything. So this actually has an email that goes along with it that i'll just i'll read a little bit of a preamble so ed Hello, you two. Congratulations to the both of you. I have truly enjoyed listening to all of your prompt developments, personal stories, and in general, your joie de vie. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Share. Yes, thank you. Uh, that is shared between the two of you, along with your guests. The Phantom Baker may or may not always be in one of my main cities if my players listen enough. I love that. Cute. Uh, Klaus, the the, fan, the the Phantom of the Bakery. Dude, episode one. back episode one. one. Yeah.
0: Dang. Absolutely. I want to go back to that one.
1: A true fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So here is my prompt submission. My only request is you can't use dice rolls as the easy way out. Ah. Good luck and best wishes to the two of you in your future, both personal and podcast. Cheers, Ed. Cool. Thanks, Ed. Let's see what you got. Let's see what he's got for us. Hello, you
6: two. Ed does everything here. And I just want to say congratulations on episode 100. From Klaus the Phantom Baker to the Culinary (laughs) Frankenstein competition (laughs) with Bobby Flade. I'm sure all of your ideas have inspired (laughs) Both myself and many other listeners. Aww. To that end, here's a fun math prompt for you two. Oh no! Plato is highly regarded as a founder of philosophical and mathematical thought. Given Plato's Platonic forms, the definition being that physical reality is not as true as the non physical absolute essence of a thing, combined with the ancient Grecian cults surrounding the so called Platonic solids, you would know these solids today as the D20. D12, D6, (laughs) D8, and D4, respectively, how would you forge these two ideas as actual manifestations within a campaign world? Congratulations again. (laughs) I look forward to your next 100 episodes.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) First of all, awesome voice. Yes. Great delivery. Second of all, the entire time you were talking there, just picture me zoning out with all the math, like zooming around (laughs) my head, like galaxy brain style. Um, Sam, you start talking cause I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, math so is
1: hard. It, it's funny. Ed, uh, messaged me on, on discord and he said, Hey, we've got some uh, philosophical mathematics coming your way. Is that all right? <laughs> and I was like, sure, my man, bring it on. So, so, you know, I guess thinking about what, what I'm kind of honing in on is, you know, like we said, we have this physical form of the dice and then there's kind of the the concept like the idea of them right and mm-hmm. the idea of a, a die is randomization right it's kind of like in a, a physical embodiment of chaos maybe right or may, maybe not chaos maybe it's you know randomness within strict set parameters so it's consistent but um that might be kind of an interesting direction to go is a creature that has you know a There's 20 different ways that it can react to you in any given situation. No matter what you do to it, there's always 20 possible outcomes, Mm -hmm. right? But they're completely unpredictable. You can never know how it's going to react to you. So every time you go and talk to, you know, let's say it's like a Sphinx or something like that, right? Every time you go to the Sphinx's temple and you say, hey, Sphinx, what's up? You roll a (laughs) dice. And then you look at a table and the Sphinx is either happy to see you or angry to see you, or it, you know, disappears into a cloud of smoke or it sets off like a, you know, a great sandstorm or, you know what I mean? Like there's these different kind of reactions that it can have. I think that might be an interesting way of personifying the, the concept the, the platonic concept of of a dice
0: okay so one of the things i we literally just like had to pause and study this at least i did <laughs> um one of the things that i'm kind of getting at here is you're asking how would we manifest this kind of concept of physical reality versus the absolute essence of something in a campaign world. So I'm kind of taking that from this kind of idea of, you know, you can look at an apple and say, is it simply an apple or does this equal the nutrients that it gives you when you eat it? That's kind of like where how I'm kind of breaking down and translating this question. Um, And so I guess that kind of takes me into Um, sort of the way that characters can interact within, like, the Matrix, sort of, of the idea of it's not a spoon, uh, there is no spoon kind of a thing. Okay. And so the way that I would sort of manifest at least this first kind of part of the prompt is sort of, maybe they would be, like, a a collective of monks, almost, and... To everyone else, the reality that you live in is reality. But to them, it's almost as if they're inside the matrix and they know it. Because they, they under- see
1: everything as the components it's made up of. Or right. Because like,
0: they understand yeah, okay. that, you know, the apple is only it's just a few like DNA things different from the tree. And yeah. so if you focus your energy on it and seeing it that way, you can turn it into the tree kind of. Like, it, it's almost okay. like reality bending magic. That's how I would kind of introduce this concept.
1: So it, it's, yeah, it's almost like like in alchemy, but taken kind of to like a subatomic or, or more of a, like a metaphysical level. Right. right? Yeah. Okay.
0: So I think it's almost, I would develop sort of this school of the mind uh, kind of academy. Cool. of these, like, reality benders. Yeah. That's what I would create out of this. They'd
1: all be, like, yeah, great philosophers and and wielders of powerful magic. Yeah. Right.
0: They're all Neo. Um, <laughs> and essentially what they can do is they can turn anything into anything else. That's cool. Um, and they can make pretty much anything happen. So, for example, you know, you try to, like, cut them in half, and it's like they have the reality gem. They can just be like, well, that's now a blade of grass. Also, I put you in timeout, and I want you to really think about what you just <laughs> tried to do, because that's really mean. Why would you try and kill me? Um, yeah, okay. so I think they're kind of untouchable, uh, but you can only reach this level of uh, kind of clarity if you've studied with them, you know, for many, 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 many eons. Yeah. Um, interesting. But that's how I would articulate that in a world.
1: I wonder it's, if the first one maybe is like the creator of the universe or something like that. They were the first one to wield this power before there was anything. And they made they were the Big Bang, essentially, right? They took all of this raw material out in the universe and they turned it into stars and planets and people and animals and plants and all the things that populate those those planets they made.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I love you love going on like a God level of yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. You do that a lot. And I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, I would almost think the person who founded the school, cause we were kind of talking about the lifespan of elves, uh, yeah. in our recent, uh, campaign, yeah. uh, the fact that they can just live until they don't want to anymore. Yeah. And, and with that long of existence I like the kind of almost like ancient monk practice idea that like one elf just you know he went and he stared at his reflection in the water for like 2,000 years and when he finally blinked he knew how to rearrange everything
1: okay yeah cool
0: so that's kind of where how I would introduce this cool yeah
1: yeah I like that a lot Ooh. all right that's a that's an interesting one good prompt yeah very cool uh, thank you so much thank you thank you Ed thank you so much uh, let's go ahead and jump on over to two let's see do we have another audio submission or another uh, another here we got another written submission here from uh annika newman that's uh kara on twitter who was so graciously uh uh gave us a this incredible feedback on our Ambassador's Blade episode, uh, but also showed us some f- phenomenal art that she made of a character based around some of her ideas. So, yeah. Um,
0: and then she drew us singing. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Uh, seriously, Kara, you are just an absolute gem. We really, really appreciate everything that you've shown us and all the feedback that you've given us and we're really really happy that you're in- enjoying the show Agreed. Uh, thank you yeah so this one we have an email here and an audio prompt actually she sent some pictures here uh so she said attached to this email is my humble audio submission of a silly prompt for your 100th episode i'm super happy for you guys to have made it this far and i'm chiming in weekly to listen to your beautiful podcast I know you guys want to listen to the audios on air and react to them blindly. However, I'm going to attach a little transcript with my audio below. Okay. And then some pictures. So the here, I'm going to just describe the pictures that she attached. I, it looks like a snail with a hat. Yeah. There's a snail with a top hat. Uh, cute. <laughs> it's a cute little picture of a snail that you drew a top hat on. And then she sent us a picture titled Anya. Uh, and it's like a, it looks like a pink-haired elf woman with, uh, oh, this really cool... Like kind of like nordic a nordic
0: clothing yeah
1: yeah like fur trimmed kind of like a fur trimmed sort of like shawl uh and She's then got
0: boots like elsa
1: yes exactly and a, a quiver of arrows on her back um yeah cool okay this is really really cool art uh car if you don't mind we'll we'll share this on twitter so everybody can see the art that goes along with your prompt uh and here is the actual prompt itself now
0: hi guys it's Kara. Um, congrats on episode 100 and thank you so much for this fun opportunity. Mm-hmm. A little backstory regarding my prompt. Um, basically, my party's rogue. Uh, she got engaged. Or rather, snengaged. Snail engaged. To a snail called Steve. Uh, he lives in a humble city called Snillage Keep and oh. both of them are soon to be wed. Uh, do you guys have any ideas regarding the snedding? snail wedding and (laughs) snedding traditions or the town itself the bride-to-be is a beautiful wood elf called anya the party consists of (laughs) medium-sized humanoids whereas steve the snail and every other snail in the village is snail-sized i'm sorry this is a little silly but i'm looking forward to the episode thank you so much Oh my gosh. No, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I'm so glad he's snail-sized. I That was going to be my first question. Is yes, he a giant yes. snail or is he an adorable little snail that she holds in her hand?
1: This prompt fills me with such joy. I, the first thing that I definitely think of right here is... Instead of just a ring bearer at this wedding, you'd have a snail bearer, right? You would Someone have,
0: who carries him yeah, down on a little
1: pillow. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because you know you can't wait around for hours and hours and hours for the snail to creep all the way down the aisle. So there'd have to be, you know, some fancy little little footman or whatever would have a, a embroidered pillow with you know golden tassels on the corners, and they'd carry the snail down in his little snail top hat and tuxedo, <laughs> and they would present the snail to their their husband or their bride to be.
0: So okay, what I love about <laughs> This is the idea of, you know, they, because I like that you asked for what are the traditions of a snail wedding yes. a snetting um, and so I really love the idea of like you know she comes from her wood elf culture and they yeah. would have the way they do weddings and yeah. he has the way that his people do weddings in snail town uh, snailsburg whatever you said <laughs> S- it was Sn-
1: snillage keep
0: snillage keep um, and so I think that'd be very interesting of them discussing where she's like well uh, so maybe you should be carried down on a pillow and he's like I guess I could allow that Yeah, um, okay. he's like but you need to do the slime dance like <laughs> no snetting is complete without the Sin- uh, slime dance mm, and she's amazing. like okay I've been practicing for weeks and I, I pictured it almost like a little Bollywood number that she has to do <laughs> with all these other little snails and all the little snails are kind of like twerking on a little snail stage <laughs> and she's like behind them and she's doing all the steps and it involves like because the dance moves you have to probably move your antennae yeah, for your eye stalks yeah. in a certain way and so she has to decide whether or not she's going to stick her arms up in the air and do that like the eye stalks or if she needs to wear kind of like a headband Oh my God. with eye stalks on them and like maybe they're like on little springs and so she has to like <laughs> shake her head back and forth to make the eye
1: stalk dance I sort of picture her doing like a little like Neko little cat anime cat girl dance or whatever you know like you see so many so many of our our fellow nerds doing at conventions and such
0: dude uh, i i love okay so definitely there's a there's a snail dance that she has to learn i
1: like that a lot and all
0: the snail choreography
1: i feel like the so the snail's shell would probably be decorated with Ooh. you know maybe there's there's like a uh some type of like a lace kind of like a doily <laughs> that you put over the, the snail's shell
0: oh he wears um, a, a, yeah. a veil yeah exactly that's very
1: progressive exactly. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, what else would there be? I mean, what do... What do snails like do in their day-to-day lives that we would kind of expand into a, a wedding version of?
0: <laughs> slime around and eat whatever they can find? That's true, yeah. yeah.
1: The cake would just be like a pile of leaves. Oh, cute. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: um, I feel like uh, there would be like maybe um, the music uh, is, maybe their their instruments look kind of like shells. Yeah, okay, like, so
1: very percussive. There's
0: like a, or like, yeah, a conch band. Oh. Um, and so they like blow into it and it plays uh, snail tunes.
1: That's really cool. Maybe the, you know, maybe the the shells. So I think, I don't know if snails shed their shells. They don't. They don't, okay. No, they're
0: not like hermit crabs. Yeah, but They are but, I born mean, with their shells. Their
1: shells do, yeah, their shells grow. Mm-hmm. So maybe in this world, they do have kind of like sheddings, right? So maybe they can kind of collect those sheddings and that's what they make their instruments out of. So Ooh. it's kind of like, a, you know, it's like if you- chopped off your finger or something and then took the bone and turned it into a little flute, right? Like, it's it's of you, right? Yeah. So all these snail instruments, these sn- sn- musicians, <laughs> I guess, uh, they're all making music using basically their own bodies, essentially. Very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cool. Uh, what, you know, maybe the... Um, so, you know, you get snails like in your garden too, mm-hmm. right? You see them crawling along on your plants. Maybe the at, at the head table, <clears throat> instead of like a bouquet of flowers sitting there, they, kind of t- they ceremonial- ceremoniously take a plant that they have grown. They maybe they planted it when the snail was born and they've cared for this plant, like a little a little tomato plant or something like that. Cute. Head it's head grown of cabbage. up a al- lot. Yeah, exactly. It's grown up along with this snail. And then on the day of the wedding they put this at the head table and that's kind of the bouquet and the snail Aww. like sits in the in the bouquet basically.
0: Cute, I like that. Yeah. That's so sweet. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> um I also, let's say maybe her family has like a kind of tradition um and in fact i'm gonna take inspiration from uh, a good friend of mine and one of my roommates from college tasha uh her family has this tradition of all the men in the family have like a sword um <laughs> which seems kind of silly because they're yeah. just like a bunch of white guys in the midwest but um uh when her now husband david uh when you know he asked uh their permission to marry tasha um her dad uh at their i think it was at their dress rehearsal yeah um yeah. he presented david with a Sword like
1: a giant claymore,
0: yeah. He gave him like a really cool. He's like, Every man in our family has a sword, and you're now marrying into the family, so here's yours. And so, I'm gonna say, I, I like the idea that maybe this wood elf maybe they have a similar tradition. Um, and so that's like a top of conversation amongst the men in her family of being like, Well, do we give him a snail sized sword or do we give him uh, an elf sized sword? You know, how do you commission a sword small enough for a snail?
1: A, a snord,
0: yeah. Um, so I think that would be something that the uh, her. her father to show this uh her future snail husband that he gives his blessing he would give him a sword <laughs> and I, maybe it is a tiny one maybe I, it's I just like that. one of those plastic swords that they put in cocktails <laughs> <laughs> he just picks that off at the bar and he hands it to the snail it's
1: like yeah anyway here's the sword <laughs> here you go
0: and she's like daddy that's disrespectful and he's like it's fine like that's a great weapon you'll love it
1: <laughs> i like this a lot um I, you know I, I just thinking of trying to think of something that goes the other direction too is you know maybe you know snails are they have shells they're kind of like a defensive culture probably right i mean they're used to like hiding and protecting themselves rather than meeting someone in open battle if there is a conflict so maybe it would be a shield that would be given oh. um, instead of a sword because that's kind of more in line with
0: but he has his own shield built he right does in. have a
1: shield but maybe they would give the the bride the shield the non snail oh, would get a shield
0: that's kind of cool yeah yeah neat yeah. i like it
1: that also kind of suggests that these snails are like intermarrying between species a lot if they have cultures <laughs> that like you know what i mean they're marrying non snails all the time if they non-snails. already have like like cultural like phenomenon to address this situation they that i i like the idea of these snails being kind of like you know equality for all like we embrace you know relationships that are maybe unexpected and uh, and and non-traditional um yeah. i think that's really cool because
0: love crosses all boundaries <laughs> exactly conquers all
1: um, absolutely i
0: just want to say thank you for sharing this with us and yes. i wish i could attend the snail wedding uh, i definitely cry during my snail toast yes um and may they party long into the night and Shake many uh, a shell in celebration.
1: Absolutely, Cara. Vielen Dank uh, for this prompt. Uh, what was that? German? Yeah, it was German.
0: Okay. Yeah. He <laughs> just started to pull that out of nowhere. Well,
1: you know, when you when in Rome. When, when, <laughs> when in, in Germany. When Berlin, yeah. uh, <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Cara. We Thank really you, Cara. appreciate it. Uh, all right. Next, down the line here, we've got Mike. Our good buddy, Mike, <gasps> from, from Dice Tower Theater. Hey, Mike. Uh, let's see what he's got for us. Mike is... Uh, Obviously, uh, a beloved guest and friend of the podcast, so he was very eager to send us in a prompt. I'm very excited to see what he has here.
0: Yay!
7: Ooh, the folio. So let's see here. (laughs) Out here at the grill, doing my best thinking. (laughs) Um.
3: Well,
7: I'm dealing with food right now, so what about food? Like, um, let's start with uh it food that that is grown um maybe food that is is it is it necessarily something that would be you know cultivated from the ground or is it cultivated from um creatures or what about it doesn't need anything to be cultivated it just kind of grows in in its sphere in the in the vacuum of, vacuum of space or what if Um, let's see here another prompt Um, I think I'm going down roads here pause Pause this
0: one because I've got an idea right off the bat uh, to go off with this one so I like the idea that we're thinking out of the box of you know where people get food from Um, and my first thought is what if there is like a type of organism that only like grows inside like something's stomach um, oh. and maybe this sounds icky but like so imagine <laughs> um, you're not after the animal you're after the uh, essentially like grub like thing that grows in its tummy Okay. Um, and so you make sure to like to cultivate this food source you feed the animals so that the grubs they're essentially like tapeworms okay. I think that like grow big and strong inside the animal's stomach and then once you it's time to eat you cut open their tummy and like uh, that creature in Star Wars like their guts just kind of <laughs> spill out and inside are these like big fat like grubby worm things Piper, that's disgusting I think no for like well that's that's what I think is so interesting about it is that you would be brought before I'm picturing like an alien society yeah um and yeah. they they're preparing this feast and it's like a great delicacy and they slice open this animal's stomach and it pools out on the table and they offer you this like shrieking little leech looking thing that was growing inside the animal's stomach and you're like oh my god I don't want to eat that and they're like if you don't you are disrespecting me right like right. this is a very valuable food source. I mean, I
1: think, you know, the immediate reaction for anyone outside of this sort of culture would probably be, well, okay, that was a parasite inside that thing's stomach. And now you want me to put it in my stomach, right?
0: Well, they're like, that's the thing you die when I eat it. Yeah. You bite the head first. (laughs) Uh, But that's, that's my food that
1: I create. Okay. That's interesting. Um, Yeah. You know, I was kind of thinking maybe combining the idea of kind of animal husbandry and horticulture, right? So maybe there is a certain type of tree that will only grow on the backs of like some kind of a great tortoise, right? Mm-hmm. There's something in the tortoise's shell. There's some nutrient that, you know, when when the tortoise's shell cells like start to die like the dead skin it kind of saps that as its as its energy Hmm. so kind of like it like a Torterra, the pokemon i was gonna say
0: this sounds like a pokemon yeah Yeah.
1: It, it has like a tree that grows on its back and the fruits that grow on that tree would be like highly highly like nutrient dense you know it's like a super efficient form of food Mm -hmm. right but you have to be able to not only tend to this garden that kind of grows on the back of this animal you also have to be able to take care of the animal itself yeah which i think that that's kind of an interesting uh thought that we'd have you know great great herds of this animal would look like a walking forest oh i like that yeah like a walking grove that could be fun awesome fun
0: prompt thank you Let's let's see what comes next
7: so let's do uh edible plants or beverages that may start out as toxic and have to be brewed in a certain way to remove the toxins or okay. um, angry dogs next door arcing, <laughs> talking into the ether uh, let's see see what else i can come up with i'll shoot this you, and you would let me know if i'm on the right track
0: <laughs> dude okay
1: <laughs> okay i i like that i do like the idea of a, a food or a drink that is it's made in in one form or it's made of something that is very poisonous you know like tomatoes are related to poisonous nightshade or whatever right or, yeah. or like fugu the fish that if you don't fillet it in the right way mm-hmm. it's highly dangerous yeah yeah
0: so I know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna keep up with uh, developing the cuisine of this alien society yeah. Yeah, and no I think this animal that they use to kind of grow the grubs inside their tummies I think they think of this one animal as the kitchen like everything <laughs> is like made within the animal so here's my thought okay. again to someone from the outside this would seem really gross yeah but they to have this (laughs) I really like it. They have this kind of toxic liquid, um, but they've found out that if they feed it to the animal, it has the ability to filter out the toxins okay cool. Um, that's
1: kind of what i was thinking for mine too yeah so i, like so
0: I think i want this animal to almost kind of look like a goat um, yeah okay but so i think they they place this bowl full of this liquid in front of the goat and the goat laps it up and maybe the goat has let like with the udders kind of like milking a goat you can then like filter out uh the the milk essentially that they produce okay. is made from that thing that they drink and um. now
1: very strange distillation process. Right. And so now
0: you can drink their milk and it's like totally delicious. And they're like, it's not poisonous anymore. And it's a very tasty beverage. That
1: is really interesting. I and do, then when
0: the goat uh, reaches a certain age, you slice open its guts and you eat the grubs inside.
1: I do like goat's milk quite a bit. Uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Yeah, I like the idea of an animal as kind of a natural filter yeah. for something. Um, you know, what it kind of makes me think of is... If you look at, like, I remember seeing this in a nature documentary once where they they had a bunch of baby bears that were following around their mother and they were talking Mm -hmm. about how the way that baby bears learn what is okay to eat is obviously by watching their mother. And so if they don't have the ability to, you know, all animals kind of have this, right? So Mm -hmm. animals that are bred in captivity have to be taught by humans in the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Having, having a animal that's basically like your kind of guide that um, you know, maybe maybe certain farmers or something would have a like a dog, essentially like a magical dog that you would bring around your grove, and the dog would kind of sniff around and sample all of the produce that you grow, like a triple and, pig. Yeah, exactly. Like they they are able to eat rotten food, and in fact, they even enjoy eating things that are kind of like starting to decompose or things that have like bugs in them or whatever. And they would be kind of your litmus test for when something is safe to eat or not. Mm-hmm. Is you'd have yeah you'd have like, you know, the royal taste tester or, yeah, or a, a truffle pig.
0: <laughs> well, maybe this, uh, in a world where people have to rely on animals for this kind of thing, maybe they are the people left over after some sort of, like, toxic oh, event. Oh, yeah. And so that that way they they don't know what things are too radiated and only these yeah. animals can kind of sense them. And so maybe that's why the people need these animals yeah, to okay. gather their food.
1: There's animals that, yeah, that can handle the radiation that, in fact, maybe it even, like, nourishes them yeah. and they can eat. Yeah, things that are irradiated. And if the you know, if the if the animal eats something that's too radioactive, it glows purple for a while or something and like that. And you're like, yeah, you know, we're then,
0: gonna avoid those berries. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's a that's an interesting one. That would be a cool and handy animal companion to have for maybe someone like a rogue that is making poisons or something like that. Any poison they make, they give it to their companion. And if their companion, you know, glows purple, then they're like, cool, that's a good one. That's going to work really well.
0: Maybe imagine um, using that for different reasons, like saying, okay, we have to enter this incredibly dark cavern. Let me just feed my dog real quick. And you give it this radiated (laughs) food and it starts to glow. You're like, all right, lead the way, spot. And he walks in and he's your lantern.
1: That's really clever. That's a really good idea. I like this. Yeah, all the different utility of this. this concept i think would be fun very cool cool yay thanks mike yeah thank you mike for the prompt i hope your
0: whatever food you were grilling was delicious
1: (laughs) uh and it was nice to meet your dog who is barking or your neighbor's dog neighbor's dog who knows but yeah thank you thank you mike for that one all right next on the list we've got we've got our good friends the brothers pym yeah we I, i don't know who of their cast is on this uh on this prompt. So, this will be exciting to go see. But we love those guys. Um, go and listen to Ultramundo. Their podcast is phenomenal. Go and listen to Dice Tower Theater also, Mike's podcast. Yeah. It's wonderful. Go listen to Ultramundo and uh, City Limits uh, and listen to our episode where we had a couple of those Pim Boys on. Uh, we're, we're hoping to get something together with them again really soon. But yeah. Let's get their prompt here.
4: And three, two, one. Happy, Happy 100th, 100th episode, episode World, World Forge. Forge. World Forge. <laughs> Oh, boy We've got two questions here uh, From the Brothers Pym Number one Oh you know I like to hoard things Mostly in <laughs> video games is like a healthy outlet I start trying to do it in real life But one thing I've thought about A lot of the time Is like safety And also just encumbrance How much gold Do you think a person Would want to have on them At one time You know gold coins <laughs> That's a lot of it's a lot of that's a lot of, of bag space.
1: <laughs> I don't okay, I'm gonna pause it. That's a that's a very good question. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I, I think you can kind of divide D and D groups Like down the line, right? Based on people who care about that stuff
0: and people who don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You either deal with like weight and encumbrance in your party, or you say no, I'm not going to fuck with that. You know, it's the same with like ammunition, right? There are some people who really love the granularity and the minutia of counting down all the arrows that they have, and there are some people who are like, dude, I can find arrows. Like, you know, I'm like a magical godlike, you know, ranger with all these incredible abilities. I don't think it'd be a difficult thing for me to make enough arrows to to get fire right? Yeah. I, I think um, that's an interesting question.
0: I, so it's hard for me to give an answer to this because I think if I were doing a, a session, if I was DMing a session where I was like making my characters think about that, yeah. I think the only way that I could do it in, that worked for me would be to use props. Yeah, um, okay. So like, for example, for Sam's birthday or Christmas a while ago, I got him uh, these like Uh, dwarf coins. Here, do some foley work.
1: Yeah, Yeah. they're right here, always in reach. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Um, I got him these coins that uh, some artist had, like, made a Patreon thing for that Sam was like, I want these, and so I I bought them for him. Uh, And so those are kind of hefty, so I guess I would want to have props and make the characters actually physically hold them. Yeah, okay. And be like, okay, uh, maybe I would, like, I don't know, fill pillowcases full of... (laughs) full of pennies something heavy and like put it on their backs it's like okay you are now carrying this much uh and i want you to keep staying in character don't break character yeah like you're you have all this stuff on you or like get those um (laughs) those weighted things that you tie around your ankles for uh for weight training i've
1: got some of those right here too in my closet but i don't i don't think they'll be good for Foley work. This. Well, no, but
0: that would, that would be something interesting is I would, yeah. maybe I would invent, uh, I would create like a dungeon, right. That has different physics from the outside world. Okay. And the further you go into it, they're like, okay, quick. Uh, now you have to attach another one of these things to your, to your wrists. Yeah. And maybe the people have to, you, you make your players stand around the table and like, maybe they have to hold things over their heads Yeah. and like, okay. make it like a physical challenge, totally. like a survivor. Totally. I would, that's how I would have to incorporate things into this role play.
1: I, you know, I've thought about this before. Um, um, for lock picking in game to make it more interesting than just rolling a dice and saying you succeed or fail, to take like a coat hanger or something like that, something metal, a big wire, bend it into a bunch of weird goofy shapes, and then make attach it to, you know, a battery and a buzzer mm-hmm. and make it so you have a little metal ring that you have to pass over the coat hanger. And if it ever makes <laughs> contact, it buzzes. Like it'd be a really simple thing to wire up, right? Like just whenever the whenever the the metal ring touches the coat hanger, it completes the circuit and powers mm-hmm. the buzzer. Um, to make your characters do that, but to make them do it with like wrist weights on. So yeah. Hand, their arms are really heavy, right? I, We're straying from this question a little bit. We'll we'll, we'll wrap this up by saying how many <laughs> coins we think we could carry. Maybe
0: <laughs> um, the other thing that I like too is because what I was saying about the kind of uh, you know strength challenges yeah. is maybe you're playing, maybe you're like me and you're kind of a tiny lady, but you're yeah. playing a big orc guy who's yeah. really strong, and so he could hold more than I could. So maybe having your person do a physical strength challenge doesn't quite work as well. I'm almost thinking of in campaign they did a thing with like a tower of jenga so maybe yes. you can get coins right or maybe use your dice because i do this sometimes just when i'm zoning out when we're playing and you stack the dice right and as many dice as you can stack on top of each other that's how much gold you're able to carry yeah okay. and if the tower falls then you're like oh no you can't that's, i dropped
1: some some gold that's pick as much pocket, as you got can it. Yeah. carry
0: with you at this time
1: I always forget what the name of that Jenga game is, but yeah, it's a it's like a game designed for horror-based one-shots, where every time you make an action, you have Pull to draw a, a Jenga block. Yeah. yeah, and then when the tower collapses, whoever drew that piece dies, and then everybody keeps going. So the idea is that you know it's a short, like you know, couple hours, uh, unless you're somehow really, really good at Jenga. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, that's that's neat. As far as how many coins I can hold, uh. I don't know. <laughs> these are okay, so this little bag of coins that I have is like twenty coins in here. This is maybe like one pound. I could probably hold a hundred of these. I wouldn't a be able to do bags? any. Yeah, I'd not be able to do any good adventure in though. But you know <laughs> what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I, I always like to just give my party like a cart or a you know or a a mm-hmm. sledge or something that they can kind of pull that they just throw all their crap into so we don't really have to worry about that unless we're going into a dungeon and pulling stuff out you're limited but getting back to home base or back to town or whatever you have no limitations because you can say oh you just throw it in the in the back of the Conestoga yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: there's a um, a YouTube video that I really like uh, I'm not sure if I could find it again but it's essentially um, these guys enacting uh, what's what's the thing with um, Fallout they're enacting yeah. Fallout but in real life Yeah. and one of the shots the guy is at like a flea market and he just keeps grabbing stuff and eventually he becomes encumbered (laughs) and you just see him kind of walking around and he's just going up to people. He's like, can you please take this? And he's like, (laughs) I just, I don't know. I thought it was very funny to see them acting those video game things out in real time.
1: Yeah. You know, because the, the video game logic of how that works is you go, you know, one pound over and it's the difference between being able to sprint up a mountain without mm-hmm. any effort at all and not being able to move like yeah. physically <laughs> unrooted to the ground <laughs> yeah so, okay that's that's a great a great starter prompt here thank you for that well let's continue
4: okay we need to climb for a second in three two one you just used our whole 130 seconds tarquin oh i did not know how long it was i'm sorry <laughs> sorry i said that once at the beginning and then as you were giving the your hilarious reading of this question i realized that i needed to be clear on this i'm so sorry i, I thought it was shebang. a metaphorical thing <laughs> no it's a literal thing because they're trying to do as many of these on the episode as they can so, right we just go from the top absolutely yeah let's just clap from the top yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that I did not explain this better. That's oh my okay. god,
0: I love that they probably to make thought them we'd edit this.
7: <laughs> Stop recording and delete. No, we're just gonna clap.
4: No, I actually think this is hilarious. We'll just clap. Okay, <laughs> it's my miscommunication skills mostly. Also, I want them to hear that whole take. Okay, yes. so
0: <laughs> and now the three, world knows. Two,
4: one. Happy 100th episode! <laughs> the brothers Pim have two questions for you tonight.
0: Oh one
4: How many gold coins would you ever want to have on your person at one time?
0: 100. Like That's, 100. A, that's dangerous. <laughs> 100 gold and coins?
6: Two, and how would you characterize your previous workplace if you had to describe it as a cursed pirate crew?
0: Oh my god! Happy 100th birthday. Thank you, guys. Oh,
1: my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, boy. I, I um, love that that Tarquin and Sorrowful Barks uh, showed up in character for that prompt <laughs> uh, from, from Otramundo. <laughs> that was lovely. Thank Dude, you. Dude,
0: um, since we are supposed to be going through this quickly
1: and we are not,
0: uh, I will try to go through quickly. Um, the last place that I worked before my current job, um, absolute awful experience. It
1: was just the brig. You didn't get to see any other parts of the ship, honestly.
0: <laughs> I had very mean captains and one time one of the captains literally said to me cuz I was making a lot of mistakes and I I kept I was the one who was like, "Captain, can we please like have a one-to-one meeting? I just really want to understand everything that you expect from me and the things that you need so I can try and deliver a really good raid for you. And they literally said to me, they're like, I don't have time to captain you right now. And I was like, I'm never going to pull the ropes right if you don't tell me how to pull the ropes. Like, I'm just going to start grabbing ropes. And it was awful. It was a very bad experience. True.
1: The, the ship capsized, I'm pretty sure.
0: Well, I abandoned that ship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so did many of my fellow rats.
1: She <laughs> sought an, an alternative berth, uh, I believe.
0: And I've since met up with some of my... Past pirate mates and I was like, "Yo, that captain was the worst, right?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, that place
1: fucking blowed." Yeah, yeah. So
0: that's my my awful pirate captain. Yeah, you know I guess past.
1: That, that's. I like that we're keeping with this metaphor. That's, <laughs> <laughs> um, my previous uh, vessel. Uh, I, I worked in, well. I, I won't out the company that I work for, actually. No, don't Because so, somebody be nice. maybe has this... Uh, yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. Uh, but I worked for a company where basically everyone was the first mate, uh, and no one ever took any of the first mate's advice. Uh, <laughs> we were constantly asked for for feedback about this kind of thing, about you know where we thought all the best booty was going to be and how we could acquire that booty. Um, and yet we... <laughs> kept uh going on a course directly into the eye of the hurricane regardless of uh where we thought all of our doubloons actually lie so um yeah you know i think having having a good captain who is able to listen to the feedback of their their rightfully appointed crew uh is really really important i
0: was gonna say it sounds like you had too many helmsmen and no map
1: (laughs) exactly yeah uh and possibly not even a helm Uh, i don't know how we were steering that thing wow
0: (laughs) everyone's just blowing into the (laughs) sail exactly
1: just drifting <laughs> Derelict uh, Yes
0: <laughs> Amazing Thank you guys awesome.
1: Thank you all of you So uh, great to hear yeah. from you We love you guys We love the show uh, Come back on our show Again real soon Right uh, Okay So is I, This is our last one I think this is our last prompt here let me just make sure i'm not missing anybody it's the last one that we have time for today at least so yeah. if we if we get any more in or if we find any more we'll revisit these certainly this but is
0: really fun so yes. it'd be great to do more episodes like
1: this <laughs> so this one is from our dear friend from we speak common ben one of our oldest collaborators ben's been on the show a couple of times I think, good old ben i think i think two or three times we've had yeah we had ben and joe from from we speak common on and uh, ben is doing we speak common on his own now they've actually had some really interesting sort of format changes. He's he's basically running like four smaller podcasts at once. Wow! So he he has he'll do kind of in cycles. We'll have one where he's kind of telling like stories from his games, and then the next episode will be kind of their old format where they're kind of talking about like various topics in D and D. And then he's got ones where he brings on other guests to talk about their experience, like world building and stuff. And I, I'm really impressed with with what he's been doing with the format since their their kind of big change. So excited to hear. What this wildcat has for us, wildcat. wildcat,
8: Hello, hello. Is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> um, hi guys, it's Ben here from We Speed Common. Long time no see. How's it going? Pretty good. Life good with pretty you?
0: Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
8: huh. Yeah, we're great.
0: It's nice.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's actually. It's actually some pretty big news.
0: Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, shocking.
8: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's good with me too, actually. Um, yeah, really good. Um, <laughs> you want a prompt for your 100th episode. Congratulations, by the way. Thank making, you. Uh, Thank you. We Speak Common Phil. Very, very old. Okay, my first <laughs> prompt for you is as follows I want you to incorporate a chair. There are a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm <laughs> about seven hours away from finishing. Campaign 2 of Critical Role at time of recording. Don't send me any spoilers. Don't be that guy. (laughs) And, incidentally, my chair just broke. And Sam made uh, made a funny quip about it on my Instagram. So I'd like you to incorporate a chair in your next prompt. It can be as ridiculous or ordinary as you like. And here's your second prompt. Now, it's up to you whether you want to incorporate this into the first prompt and put them together or if you want to keep it separate i want us to get meta somehow you need to incorporate podcasting good luck (laughs) oh oh by the way if you um if you want to come and listen to we speak common just search we speak common online cool see you later bye <laughs> of course he'd s- squeeze a cheeky plug in there of well, course but he's he
1: uh,
0: yeah. well earned definitely uh, <laughs> go listen to Weekspeak. common fabulous show love love to hear from you ben absolutely
1: uh okay ben thank you for that lovely prompt thank you for the theatrics yeah uh, with the, <laughs> with this one that was True interesting performer.
0: um honestly uh, i'm gonna say yeah. the first thing that popped in my head was uh um the old man talking to the chair uh, Oh yeah, own Eastwood talking to an empty chair um uh, but i'm not <laughs> gonna that, that. that is
1: the perfect combination of podcasting and chairs. <laughs> Clint Eastwood did it first, actually. Yeah. yeah. Go look up. It was from like the Republican National Convention. It was so annoying. It was dumb, super weird.
0: But uh, you yeah. know, it sits memeable. So it's very memeable. <laughs> yeah. Um Sam, do you have any initial thoughts? I yeah. would like to use a chair in like a cool way well okay so not a lame way yeah obviously <laughs> like, unlike
1: <laughs> most of the prompts that we do which we use in really lame ways so, okay. usually
0: super lame
1: here's the coolest form that a chair can take is uh, a throne the form of a chair that is made of spinning wheels and eyes like old testament style angels right oh my gosh floating it on fire in the sky and Additionally, this fits into the podcast prompt as well, because angels, as we all know, were the original podcasters. Ah. They would come down to Earth and they would say, mortal, be not afraid. Listen to the tidings <laughs> that I bring. And then they were like, would talk. stop
0: cowering. Yeah. Yeah. Listen,
1: <laughs> I'm going to tell you how to do D&D. And
0: it's going to be really funny. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that, that was how the Joe Rogan show started. I think. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I do like going for the uh yeah the the kind of angelic like spooky scary cherry uh angel here. Cherry? Yeah uh. cherry
0: the cherry. <laughs> that's your angel.
1: Um, no, it should be Claire the chair. Claire the that's, chair. That's what it should be, right? Nice. It, yeah. Um Yeah, I like it. Either way, chairs all deserve names, to be honest. Um
0: Um I want to do I'm gonna go with kind of like a sci-fi thing and picture a really cool like chair in a cockpit of a neat ship okay um and i like the idea of like to get to this chair you have to kind of like if you're a really cool guy who like (laughs) is used to like run around your ship you like slide down a ladder and then you like drop into this chair and you lock yourself in (laughs) um i think the chair it like kind of wraps around your arms, maybe. And there's also, like, these kind of boots that you, like, kick your feet into. Okay. And it kind of does this, like, sync-up sort of a thing. Okay. Like how, like, that awesome scene in the beginning of uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. When they get locked into their suits and they, like, roll their shoulders. Yeah, And they, okay. like, sync with the... Bi- I dropped a notebook. <laughs> 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 and they sync with their giant robots. Um, so I want my captain... They have to kind of become, like... Style.
1: <laughs> Gundam, Gungan, Gundam, Gundam style, Gundam style.
0: <laughs> one with their ship, yes. so they drop into this chair and it like kind of attaches itself to them. And there's like a sinking, and it's like now fully synced, ready to kick some ass. And you're like, hell yeah, baby! <laughs> and with one arm, that's like the gun, and the other arm is like stealing the ship itself, steering the ship. I like this it. This is my cool chair. I like it. The I, captain's chair.
1: I like it a lot. You know what I think of too whenever I whenever I think of luxury in sci-fi settings i always think of of if you're out in space like wood right like everything would be made mm-hmm. of like plastic and metal and kind of like more synthetic type materials right this chair if it's like the fanciest chair ever it would just be made of like a chair made of pine Mm -hmm. would probably be worth more than all of king midas's gold you know what i mean
0: dude it's funny you say that because actually in my ongoing sci-fi novel the nebulous tide (laughs) that's one thing that is uh why my main captain pirate captain his ship is so fancy and luxurious is because even though he's in a very advanced science fiction setting he's modeled his ship to look on the inside kind of like an old like wooden ship Cool. Uh, with cabins and things like that. Cool. Yeah, because no he's a, a big history nerd.
1: I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really cool. Yeah, so it'd be it'd, maybe it'd just be like a you know a fancy wooden rocking chair, or it has wooden inlays in it, or something like that. So it can still function as a you know the certain components have to be made of metal and plastic or whatever to to work appropriately, but there'd be these beautiful you know wooden inset. Uh, You know, carved uh, you know patterns and things like that on the arms and up the back of the chair. Yeah, cool, cool.
0: Um, So, and then going, how does
1: podcasting tie in now? Yeah.
0: So I'm actually going to do something not attached at all to my cool sci-fi captain chair. (laughs) Um, I think the idea of podcasting would almost be like a town crier, kind of like that scene in uh, The Life of Brian, where it's all those prophets (laughs) are just standing up on their little stages, like shouting, you know, their their thoughts about the way to be. live your best life and trying to like sell their religion and everyone's just kind of like, oh, that one's interesting. Yes, yes. Um, I think that would be podcasting in my fantasy setting is someone just goes up and they stand on this little stage and maybe there's like a calendar you have to like sign up to have a slot at a certain time (laughs) and you're like, all right, everybody, welcome back to uh, the corner, you know, where we walk every single day. Hey, there's Joe. He's out there trying to sell his meat. Anyway, I'm here today to tell you all about my theories on that recent book that just came out, uh, Why Fishing is Cool. So I think fishing is not cool at all. (laughs) That book sucked And that's right Tom I hate your book And I'm here to tell everyone Why I hate it And like that's like (laughs) podcasting It's just people get to go up And talk and like anyone that. walking by can stop and listen, or they can be like, boo, go away. Yeah.
1: Fantasy podcasting is just shouting really loud in a yeah. group of people in a crowded yeah. space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's my fantasy like podcasting. That. You know, in some cultures, podcasting still works that way. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that's that, that's a really good point. Like, I mean, bards are all basically just podcasters, right? Yeah. It's just it's podcast on demand. You know, mm-hmm. you get your your bard to we talk about this a lot, how um, finding bards that aren't just singers or musicians is really interesting, right? Some bards recite poetry. Some bards, um, you know, maybe maybe like painting is kind of their way of, of producing magic or, or putting magic out into the world. Um, some bards, I think, just have the power of the spoken word. And if they read the, the ingredients on the... Ba- yes, the gift of gab. If they read the ingredients off the back of a box of cereal, there's magic in that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I think that's a really interesting thing that maybe someone who speaks Things into reality, right? Um, I I think in a meta sense, that's, that is a thing that happens with podcasters, right? I mean, people listen to podcasters' opinions, and then they kind of co-opt those opinions and go out into the world and and act in a way that then follows that, you know, so it's sort of this form of mass suggestion a Mm -hmm. little bit. Um, That's right. We've been manipulating you all along, listeners, you just (laughs) never realized. Um, Yeah, I, I think that's, that would be kind of an interesting spin to put on it yeah. um, to play your your next bard as a podcaster. Instead of singing a song they're just shouting all of their Contrarian opinions at at everyone that they're fighting.
0: Oh my gosh, they are. You would love this, Sam. It's um, they're just a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so instead of a song, they simply go up and they're like, "Turtles should we wearing hats all the time?" That's my my thing. Blah, and they shout that at you, and you're like, "Whoa!" Absolutely. You're like, "I think dogs should vote."
1: I had I had an idea a long time ago for a like a cleric that was a religious zealot Zealot. and they were like a conspiracy theorist basically and my idea was that I would just come up with a bunch of little kind of like one-liner conspiracies (laughs) and anytime any of those things came up in conversation I'd be like well you know that uh you know Apples are all actually made like the skin on apple is like leather. You can make pants out of apple leather. You know, (laughs) you know they just have all these like weird ideas for like. You know, I kind of wanted him to be like half Dale Gribble, half Alex Jones. You know, it's like sort of a dangerous combo. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A, A true. Uh, match made in hell. Um <laughs> I, I thought that would have been a really interesting and terrifying character to kind of play.
0: Cool. They should uh, wear like a little tinfoil hat.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everything that they wear is is studded with <laughs> a rippling filigree of tinfoil. <laughs> um yeah. So okay, let's I want to go back to my angel chair here because I can't mm-hmm. just, you know, exclaim a thing that exists Claire the say chair. that's my exactly Claire the chair. We need to learn a little bit more about her about her. Yeah. Um so Spark. Archangel. what brought claire the chair to our plane right like is claire on some kind of a quest was she cast out from heaven or is she here to like seek the to seek out a specific mortal to give them tidings to help them on a journey or
0: maybe she's on a class trip <laughs> uh she got written permission from her her angel mom and dad and she gets to go down to earth for a little bit oh my god I love this (laughs) and the only thing it's going to be a really fun day but she has to make sure she pays attention because she has to write a book report when she goes back to heaven
1: exactly about her trip to the land of sin yeah Yeah. (laughs) I I wish I could have gone to the land of sin on a field trip that sounds awesome
0: It's like, yeah, um, the mortal world is really weird. I got freaked out when I saw people sitting on things that look like me. Um, and I, I ran at them and I gave them nightmares. And now they will never sit in chairs again.
8: Yeah, absolutely. So uh,
0: thank you for letting me go on this trip to the mortal plane. Yeah. Uh, I learned a whole lot.
1: Also, weirdly, mostly they only have two eyes and none of them are on fire. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, it's very yeah. boring there, but yeah. in a fun way. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool. I You know... You had your character Sariel uh, from yes. a, a couple of campaigns ago, which was like a fallen angel that essentially was, well, maybe not a fallen angel, but an angel that came and was like doing research on he humanity. Essentially, essentially fallen. Was yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. He like decided he his, I wanted him to be sort of like a watcher. Yeah. Okay. Like his whole thing was just like watching the world, and he was so far away, and he wanted to actually get up close and study yeah. things effectively. So he uh, he ran away from the sky. Went down to the plane and started researching as much as he could.
1: This guy, God.
0: Yeah, no, the (laughs) sky.
1: Oh, the sky. This guy. (laughs) This guy that was forcing him to, yeah, forcing him to keep being an angel, doing angel stuff.
0: Well, I like picturing that he was maybe a star, and he was like, I don't want to be up here anymore. So he like fell down to earth, so he could go and research things. He
1: became an angelic tourist. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Yeah. that's yeah, that's the 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 class trip approach is interesting, and you know maybe (laughs) maybe Claire gets separated from her group. And now has to, you know, deal with some mortals and be like, hey, help me find these other angels. They look a lot like me, mostly. And they're like, what? Like, I've never seen anything like you before. That doesn't help us. How do we, we can't help you find more of this insane thing that is making me go insane just by looking at it.
0: Maybe for the class trip, they all like turn themselves into birds.
1: Oh, Um, okay. And they
0: fly around in this kind of bird disguise. Yeah, but Claire Uh, didn't
1: get the note. So she's still a giant flaming spinning chair covered in eyes.
0: Well, Yeah. yeah, she's a rebel. That's why she went off from the group and she's like this is so lame i'm gonna go explore by myself she's i'm gonna like go a, reveal yeah, myself yeah. to some mortals yeah
1: oh i love that she's like a hot topic angel oh
0: totally <laughs> she has like her hair combed over like one of her what, eyes no, what, every, every single eye, eye has some hair brushed over it
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love that so cool <laughs> emo angel here so good okay claire what a rebel claire i love it um well i think Claire the chair is in a good spot here. <laughs> yep. uh, as are all of our creations. All of our
0: creations. Man, Sam, look at the timeline. Tell me how long we've been doing this. We're actually only at about two hours.
1: So Whee! this hasn't even beaten our longest episode. Nope, uh, but yet. I'm kinda of surprised.
0: It is long enough.
1: I think 50 was like two hours and 45 minutes. So damn. Uh, let's go ahead and yeah, call call this one quits here. Thank you. Thank you, thank you again, listeners.
0: Thank you, everybody Uh, who wrote in. Thank you, everyone who listens uh, to our our ramblings and find us funny and uh, inspiring you inspire us yes you really um, do
1: genuinely like yes. unironically we are inspired by you guys
0: <laughs> very much so yeah. I, I joked with Sam at the beginning of the episode that we should end with a uh, off the cuff toast yeah uh, so shall we yeah let's, yeah. let's, let's oh, All right. should May, we do um, like
1: you do every you and I each do every other word or something oh that'll be do?
0: messy no okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let. Uh, we'll each do a little inspiring thing okay. pass it off and so raise your we have our water bottles in yeah. our hands I ran uh, out of
1: beer long ago
0: so. <laughs> uh, this is to you listeners to you uh, to the once commuters who listen to us in the mornings as you drove into work, to the people who are at a doctor's office and you are you need something to not listen to that crying baby sitting next to you, uh, to the road trippers, to the insomniacs who have nothing to do except listen to us late at night uh, to chase away the nightmares. Uh, wrong choice. Our, our podcast is full of nightmares. Exactly. But you know what? Our hearts are full of dreams. Oh, my god! And those dreams <laughs> come from you, knowing <laughs> that you listen to us and you enjoy us. So this is to you.
1: To you, you guys. Yeah. I, yeah, I will add that, you know, our, our show is built around the idea that we create monsters and ruins and villains and heroes. But I think that listeners and and esteemed guests and friends you are the true heroes
0: so true so true <laughs> you are the stuff our dreams are made of
1: absolutely uh thank you so much thank you very much my arm is getting tired so let's clink our water uh, bottles together oh,
0: there we go uh, <laughs> we touch the tips <laughs>
1: yeah. uh yes listeners that that concludes our 100th episode <laughs> thank you for sending in all of your prompts Uh, thank you for your continued listenership and support if you want to continue to support us and you know do anything to to kind of help get our show out there in front of new listeners. That's always, always appreciated. So consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a nice five-star review and a little comment on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any feedback, any thoughts about this episode or any future episodes, or you have a prompt that you want to send us for, you know, maybe we'll do another compilation episode like this every once in a while. I
0: was going to say, you don't even even need to wait for a big episode like this. If you want to send us in a clip or a picture of a snail in a top hat, (laughs) do it any day of the week. We will gladly
1: respond. Absolutely. So if you do want to send that stuff to us, Piper, where can our listeners go to do so?
0: Well, you can send long and complicated things uh, to worldforgepod at (laughs) gmail.com and short funny quips and gifs. You can send it to uh, us on Twitter at worldforgepod.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, our our rec room and our thank tank and and all that stuff is kind of wrapped up in this whole episode. I mean, really go and support all of the incredible podcasters and content creators that you know, that have been on our show, that have sent in prompts this episode or have just helped us in the past to kind of build bigger and better. We, we really, really appreciate all of our amazing collaborators as well as our listeners. So uh, go and check out, you know, on this episode, we had Ben from We Speak Common. We had the brothers, Pym. Uh, they've got Otro Mundo is their current show they've got going on right now. We've got uh, Mike from Dice Tower Theater. We've got Alex, who does all kinds of streams under Alex Bomb on on Twitch. Kara,
0: who's an amazing artist on Twitter. The
1: incredible artist, Kara, on on Twitter. Uh, We've got Jared from Monsters in Multiclass. We've got Vale, who's got a hilarious Twitter. Holy cannoli. Uh, (laughs) We've got so many people that are out there that have supported us. Ed. um, Our
0: friend uh, Angus.
1: Our friend Angus. Yes. uh, Everybody. There's so many more this is like my oscars acceptance speech they're playing me off now it sounds like so uh let's go ahead and just leave it there thank you again one final time listeners we love you all and goodbye
0: yeah smell you later i've got a hun- no 50 chocolate dinosaurs to go eat
1: yeah
3: <laughs> <Peace. clears throat> bye